performance artist Laurie Anderson. Mm. Um, oh, Superman. I, oh, Superman, exactly. Uh, in the 80s, she released this video of a concert she did called Home of the Brave, which is absolutely br- If you like very, very arty stuff, it's mm. absolutely brilliant. But there's this moment where she just, there's like an intermission, and she just, everything stops, everyone leaves the stage, and William fucking Burroughs walks out mm. and just looks at the audience and goes, you know, I'd rather see this on TV. Tones it down. And then walks off. <laughs> Welcome to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. The only podcast to combine the subjects of gaming, tech, media, and puppets for no easily explainable reason. It's... July 28th, 2023. You are the internet. I am Kevin Blades. My pronouns are he, him, and this is episode 14 of Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet Podcast. Joining me are my co-hosts. His pronouns are he, him. It's Jamie, a.k.a. Scumboy. Hello. And his pronouns are he, him. It's Andrew, a.k.a. Bat Phantom. So the music's playing, and we're being quiet as it plays. And I'm I'm, think about um, QI. Yeah. So the opening of QI, they start playing the music. And then the and the plays for about ten seconds, and then the applause starts. Yeah, and then they come in. I'm convinced that they have to be completely silent. They keep the audience quiet. <laughs> they start playing the music, and then they gesture There's for the applause. You know, Absolutely no faders. No, I don't. I, don't I, I legitimately you know, picture them in in silence you know listening editing, to the music. Have you ever been in the studio audience for a TV show? Yeah. Okay. You know but that's it, not how it works. But then. But, but, but this one specifically. <laughs> I it just because it's it's the way that the, the, the applause starts in right. it. If you listen to it, I think you'll. I'm, I'm sure. I'm convinced that they just have to sit. They get the audience to be totally quiet. I mean, they play the music, it's, and then they then, and then the one person leads the applause. It's a British audience, so you may be right. Uh, this at is it. at one be... point in time, Stephen Fry followed me on uh, Twitter, so I could have wow. asked him when he first joined. He said, "You know, uh, if you yeah, send me yeah. a message, I will follow you." And and I did follow back. Did. Can you imagine? <laughs> just hard to imagine Stephen Fry being a follow back guy. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, that's. I'm sure that's not how. We're, actually, no, I think that's what through when we saw Bill Bailey when he came to, the one time he came to Toronto. Mm. We went to see Bill Bailey. Um, Ooh, yeah, yes, it was it was hilarious and brilliant and funny and everything. But I think the audience kind of threw him a little bit because he would tell a joke, we mm. would laugh at the joke, and then we would be quiet and wait for the next joke. And I don't think he was used to that. It kind of like it threw off his rhythm a little bit. Like the, it was the moment that threw him off. Uh, I, I he was. I think he did a couple of nights. I can't remember if it was just one shot. I, I don't remember. A woman yelled out the punchline of one of the bits because <laughs> he had already toured. He had already yeah, broadcast yeah. the material when he was touring the same material. Yeah. And he's he's doing his bit, and the the woman joyfully yells out, "A balilaika!" And Bill just kind of was shell shocked, and he goes, "A." Just, like, well, geez, dude, what'd you expect? I mean, you're you're playing you the hits. You don't, yeah, no, didn't. No, oh, anyway, that's bad audience etiquette. Mm. You know, yeah. Just she let, thought she was being all cool. I'm sure she shit. was having her moment. She was also slightly inebriated. You think a little bit? <sighs> How are you all? I got catcalled this morning. I get the fuck out of here. Um, what? We were leaving <laughs> I mean, our. I don't uh, mean to sound surprised. Our domicile. Uh, Kevin is calling me an ogo, and it's fair. <laughs> yeah, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm um, not. 
we were leaving our domicile this morning for an appointment, and as we were leaving, we walked by uh, one of the city's unhoused, and the guy yelled, nice ass, dude. And I'm like, <laughs> all right, I'll take it. Thank you for noticing. <laughs> yeah, okay, wow. sure. I, you know, I've been eating right, you know. I, uh, I, I do squats <laughs> yep. every so often. I occasionally squat. Did there that, have been squats. Did your partner grab your ass after that? I, I mean, I, I did get, I did not hear the end of it throughout the rest of the day <laughs> and several ass Man, taps. You know. But um, it was, it was, it literally brought me a little bit of joy. Just, my partner's like, so "How we, do you feel being objectified?" I'm like, "I kind of like." You yeah, know. I could get used to this. I don't know what you've been complaining about, but you know. I could see if that was your life 24-7, <laughs> yeah, it'd be hell. Yeah. But when nobody notices you, and then somebody just yells, nice ass, dude, I'm like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's okay. Not, I th- somebody noticed. <laughs> I've been doing all this work. There you go. Wow. Well, that's, that's quite the intro. Yeah. Good. Uh, how about you, Andrew? Anybody... Uh, uh, yelled at you in the I, street. I have not been objectified <laughs> as of late. Nice ass, dude. Yeah, not a nice ass. Definitely not a not something that's going. I just asked if anybody yelled at you in the street. It didn't have to be a nice thing. Uh, West Toronto is truly something. No, usually it's. Uh, I used to get uh, called a, a cop by by the unhoused community. They would a assume cop? that I was a cop, but I was when I was less less that's, fat. That's like being called a narc, kind of. You know, like my my roommate and I would be walking through the neighborhood, and somebody'd say, Good "Evening, officers." Were you wearing a dread bag? <laughs> you gotta stop wearing that uniform. Yeah, you yeah. know that's the that was the thing. You it just, was when he was working security. It was when you were cosplaying, and yeah. you know you went, you know what I'm going to cosplay as a cop. That's and and it'll be fine. I'll get I'll get free beverages. I feel bad. Not it's on a completely different tangent. That the rest of the planet seems to be on fire, and for some reason Toronto has been super friggin' cooler than usual i mean the last two days were warm but overall the weather's been i've been outside every day it's not, not been cool it's compared not, to historically i mean, I mean we're, we're not phoenix arizona no okay, exactly right. like the rest of the planet's on fire and here it's like oh man turn up the air conditioning a little bit it's supposed to be actually really nice this weekend yeah like 25 yeah, yeah, you know, 22 crazy meanwhile <laughs> Yeah, so, you know it's interesting how the rest of the planet is is realizing. Oh, climate change is real. Fuck. I mean, for fuck's sake, they're saying the Gulf Stream's gonna stop. What the fuck is that? How I didn't even know that was a threat. <laughs> Jesus Christ, the Gulf Stream. We're okay. Fuck. Relax, relax, everybody. He's doing a bit. He's not doing a bit. <laughs> Wow, the Gulf Stream is going to stop. Just stop. Everything's on fire. <laughs> the Atlantic Cats Ocean and just dogs goes, living together. <laughs> the Atlantic know? Ocean just goes stagnant or something. I don't know. It turns into a a puddle. It turns into milk. It curdles. <laughs> yeah. Who knew the ocean could curdle? All these whales swimming in cheese. The Mediterranean wow. is like thirty three degrees we, right now. The, the water itself. You're off the hook. What is happening? Pretty it's much. Been a day. Pretty much. It's been a week. It's, it's been. It's been two weeks. It's been a lot. It's been it actually has been two weeks. I. You know. The, uh, mm, I don't know. Maybe I'm thinking. Maybe possibly of taking the podcast weekly Ooh, because because stuff happens. Stuff happens. I mean, here's what I'm thinking. These guys have not heard about this. I've been thinking about this for a while. Then absolutely laying it on them live. Mm. This is great. This reaction. live reaction. Let's see how we react. <laughs> so I'm thinking maybe we'll do it weekly because you know phase two, all that nonsense. Mm-hmm. Um, just I want more content, and it's like you know, as stuff stuff happens every week. It's like there's so much that like. We could do like a mini episode 
maybe remotely, maybe whoever. I'll just I'll do it myself if mm-hmm. I have to. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's available can come and join. But like, maybe we'll go to weekly. I don't I'm, know. I'm down. I'm thinking maybe I'll do like a mini episode every other week. That yeah, kind of you know, I mean, tight a tight like, episode, like a half. Maybe an hour, you yeah. know. Yeah, we say that. And what fucking happens? Yeah, well, th- that's my point, though, yeah. right? There's, there's three there's hours. So much. And then we decide a bunch to go, of chatty Cathy's. We go that's weekly, true. and the entire industry just decides to go on strike. And yeah. Well, it, it, good thing that won't hold. happen. Is the updated chatty Cathy a Sharon Karen? What? <laughs> you know, no. The Karens. No. Are I'm going to make that go. People, people, listen to this podcast. Be... Start using Sharon Karen, where you would use Chatty Kathy. Karen's kind of taken. We're, we're taking it back. Uh, if I, I knew a Karen, so, I'd understand. I that. was so disappointed when the whole Karen thing happened because that was around the same time that we were working on our cartoon and our lead character was called mm, Karen. That's right. For mm. completely unrelated yep. reasons. When it's like, you can't ruin the name Karen. Karen Stop it. Karen Babbage. Anyway. OGs will know. <laughs> it's true. It's true. OGs being me, Kevin, all, all, Andrew. <laughs> all three of you will know. Yes, exactly. Did Scarlett uh, ever watch the cartoon? I don't know if Scarlett's watched it. We should probably Ooh, shout out to Scarlett. Shout and, out Scarlett. And We're Scarlett, out Scarlett early. You need to find the Operation. I haven't uh, pu- hidden it. No, but it's, it, still it, it's there. But you got to find the first and second episode and then identify who we voice in it. Scarlett was was the you know voiced uh, a role in the very in the zeroth episode yes, of this episode podcast zero. in which I talked about the cartoon. So yep. Scarlett may have followed the breadcrumbs. I do not know. More than likely. Well, we'll find out in uh, a day or two. <laughs> she lately hasn't spoken of it. <laughs> you know, it's that. I didn't uh, want to bring it yes, up. I, I, I did know. see the cartoon. I know Scarlett. I think Scarlett would have brought it up. I, you know, they just didn't nope. feel like engaging about okay. it. Okay. Anyway, that's it for the intro. Congratulations. We should, we should descend into the puppet minds. I, you know, hang on. I'm... Okay. You could have drank that during the sting. Nope. Nope. They had to hear that. All right. Fair okay. enough. <laughs> anyway, we're going to take a nod a break and be right back with the puppet pits. You have entered an alternate dimension, a dimension of fleece and fur, of foam and industrial adhesives, so I hope you have good ventilation. A signpost up ahead. Watch your step. You have just stumbled into the puppet pit. You know, the weirdest, the weirdest thing is listening to the Oracle of Frankie and not feeling a sense of like, oh, that's me. Mm. I was like, that's the character. Yeah. That's just them. That's they're, they're doing the I, thing. I, this sounds almost like I'm bragging, but I promise I'm not. But like, I'll watch, particularly Frankie is is the really good example. It's like, I'll watch a thing that I shot minutes ago, you know? And mm. it's like, I don't remember doing that. I don't remember saying that. It's just, it's so disassociative that it's like, okay, I guess I just, that's the character now. You embody like, the character. That's it. Your, your brain goes into the character. And it's kind and of it's nice separate. because then I get to enjoy it. Mm. <laughs> because it's like, oh, okay, that was funny. And, and that's why I feel guilty about laughing at the stuff that I've done. But I don't, you know, it's not like a conscious thing. I just like do it. I just let the character take over. And anyway, hi, welcome to the puppet bit where we're talking about the puppet side of Operation Puppet for the last, in this case, two weeks. It's wow. been it's been a two weeks. It's been a whole two weeks. Oh, so, phase two update, 
as it were, mm-hmm. um, because we talked about Phase 2. Like, was the last time? I don't even remember. This is why we got to do You codified Phase 2 the episode before. Well, yes. And then right. last and then, time, yeah, you uh, you just kind of... Phase 2 is the NFT collection. Yeah. <laughs> that was phase, Gus Coin. Yeah. That was Phase 0.5. Um, yes. Yeah, so. Gus Coin turned out to be a rug pull. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> Uh, surprise, surprise. Um, yeah, so I've, you know, I, I, I went hard on the, <laughs> went hard on the pivoted video. Can you believe <laughs> I did that? Yes. I mean. Well, you saw numbers for, for out of nowhere. It. Because of algorithms, yeah, that well, that's exactly why, right? And how do you say no to that? Because it went away yeah. <laughs> just as quickly as it, as it came. Anyway, so I realized that, like, I was I was getting to the point of like I'm getting close to burning out. Mm. I mm-hmm. should like I need to dial back a little bit. So I did that. I'm I'm still you know I've still got the uh, the TikTok thing going. I'm still doing the Instagram reels and the YouTube shorts. It's all the same video because they're all going to be short videos, but. Um, so I'm not like – I actually kind of regret closing down the TikTok from before. Oh, really? Right, because like we had almost a 1,000 followers yeah. before and now we're not – we got like a couple hundred. I, think. I don't even remember. But anyway, yeah. it's nowhere near what it used to be. Um, so I really, I kind of wish I hadn't have done that, mm. but I did. So whatever. You know, you take your lumps. But uh, I'm, I'm just – I'm making stuff when I feel like it. When I have an idea, I'll make a thing and I'll put it out. I'm trying to post on social media every day. I think that's kind of important. But it doesn't always have to be a short video. I like one right? of the recent ones where you took a clip from the uh, the stream and put it up as a short. That's the other thing I've been doing. I've actually been doing it with the podcast. Hello. Um, that was the last podcast promo was a mm. little segment from the podcast that I put up on TikTok. And it's like it's just a matter of like trying to find – those new people to yeah. like, that, and that was Introduce what the them. whole phase two thing is about. It's about finding without being a TikTok douchebag. Well, that's yeah. yeah. I, it's just funny that like um, Leia on the Discord had a very good observation, and I absolutely agreed with them. And it was like, you know, I think one of the problems that you're facing and why you're not getting like big numbers, you're getting numbers, you're not getting big numbers, is that like it's just too high quality, and that sounds like a weird. A weird flex in a way, but it's like it's true. The the thing that people look for on TikTok is this really kind of – amateur is the wrong word, but it's like it's a really uh, a rough. Home, it's yeah, un, homegrown, un, unpolished. Un, unpolished, exactly. Yeah. And the stuff I produce, like I've been intentionally for years trying to like make more produced mm-hmm. stuff, right? Um, and that's just not what today's audience, as it were, is interested in. I don't know if it's that they're not interested. It's that they're not expecting it. I think they've also been been conditioned against yeah. professionally produced stuff. Yeah. You know, it's less authentic because you put some well, work, your effort into it, which is bullshit. You know yeah. who's putting the high quality st- content into TikTok? It's ads. It's, it's yeah. corporations. Yeah. yeah. So you're you're clearly an ad. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm working for a big puppet. Yeah, yeah exactly. But uh, it, the, it, a little more roughshod or, or uh, you know, a little less polished, it, it looks more like what everyone else is yeah. churning out on their phones. You know, you, you need to do some, some TikTok dances with uh, Oracle you know, and just point at words on the on TikTok. I just I can't. I try I honestly tried. I tried to do the whole shooting and editing on the phone thing. Mm-hmm. I couldn't. Like it's so bad. Everything I was turning it looks so bad. And my response to Leia was exactly what what I feel now and it's like, well, yeah, I agree. You're absolutely right. 100% if if I wanted more numbers, I would produce things differently and I would write things differently and I wouldn't really write things. I would just like turn the phone on and start talking kind of thing, right? 
But part of what I'm doing with Operation Puppet is I'm I'm trying to build a body of work mm-hmm. that I can look back on and be proud of. Right. I, I just as a side thing, I would like to see the characters spoofing TikTok trends. I think it would be hilarious to see Oracle you know, trying to do that NPC thing <laughs> you know and just going, yeah. I don't that, that's, ice cream, I don't, I don't get it. What am prob- I doing? And I, I 100% agree. The problem with that is then I would actually have to watch some of that. I well. think it's worth it. I think it would <laughs> um, be worth it. If he's trying to do the NPC thing and then he flashes back to when he actually was an NPC and mm-hmm. it's a green pixel in the middle of blue and it's yeah. just... Makes there a beep. Be, there should be a video of just Oracle looking at the screen going, I was an NPC. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's all you need to do. <laughs> beep. People are looking for NPC shit on that, the hashtag. You could, it's like, that's, <laughs> My first job was the dot in Pong. That's not a bad Is that idea. why we're we're trending now? <laughs> it's not a bad idea, actually. But still, just spoofing that whole... Have you, you've seen this, haven't I've, you? I saw somebody on my Facebook reference it. I had no yeah. idea this was even a thing. Oh Again, God. As a, uh, on TikTok, I post things. Yeah. I do not watch it's things. apparently I, reactions to donations yeah. that they do. They'll say gang gang or I like ice cream or... Or just their own weird shit. Just yeah. as, as yeah, it pops no, up in the I, feed. I, I kind of get what it is. And it's like, I am frightened of tapping on the non me TikTok. Like I yep. don't, I can't. Um I'll wake up in the morning, my wife is sleeping next to me, I'll check my notices and all that stuff, and I will be terrified lest I accidentally tap on the home button on TikTok and get the infinite and feed. something have it just no, I I can't. I cannot. Yeah. And that's kind of the point is that like I'm building a body of work that I I can be proud of that may limit my audience and definitely does limit my audience but that's okay mm-hmm. like I'm fine with that it's I on want, your terms if that's the thing I want an audience I don't need a big audience yep. so so that's that's where we're at with phase two I've adjusted slightly just just you know on your own terms yes. just uh, start. But I'm not about to compromise the stuff that I mean. The thing is, like, even my style of humor is not popular, and I understand that, and I know that, and I'm self-aware. I get what all this is about, but I'm not gonna like try and do something that I don't like, yeah. just for the sake of getting views yes. or whatever. That's yeah. not what Phase Two is about. Phase Two is just about bringing in the people who may not have heard about us who would like what we. Well, do. I mean, it, the the podcast cross promotion brings TikTok eyes to the podcast, yes. and the the ones for this build stream will bring t- uh, you know these eyes to you know your YouTube streams and whatnot. Exactly. So. I still now now I need to see uh, Frankie talking and then. Subway Surfer's footage appears underneath him, and he's "What the hell is that?" And Gus saying, "That's to distract the young people who can't li- just listen to something. We need something visual." No, see, it's kind of easy to write this. It stuff, is. Right? It, it's it's too easy to spoof. That's the problem, right? Yeah. Because then the, then the real the, obvious the real problem right? is is that reference of the Subway Surfer footage is is like six months old, I think, yeah. and they've probably that's oh, like a thousand we're, years ago we're, we're, in TikTok world. And that's world. kind of why I don't worry about it yeah, because, like, yeah. by the time I get around to it, it's old news anyway. So mm-hmm. I'm not even going to worry about it. So anyway, the good news, I mean, that's kind of good news, but the good news, the actual good news is. After a long dry spell, and it's entirely possible that part of the reason for this is that phase two stuff is actually working. Mm-hmm. Things have picked up on the store. Yeah, you've, uh, uh, you've a sold a few. amount. The best part is that the dry spell was foretold. 
Like you, you oh, knew yeah. it was going to be a dry yeah, spell. No, I and then I, but I expected this whole year, and it's yeah. like all suddenly over the past literally like a couple of weeks, things a, have suddenly picked up. A neef moved. A neef man. They're not moves. insignificant in terms of uh, no, outlay. They are. So. They are one of the one of the high end ones. So yeah. Um. Th- so that's very cool. And and the extra cool thing is that a lot of them have been commissions. Um, I don't I, I've talked about this before I don't normally do a lot of commission work but obviously when things are slow I do try to pick up some commissions and, and when it's you know I want a small in this type of uh, fleece yeah, or in this style exactly. that's a lot easier than I would like this uh, bespoke skull live hands monster yes in unobtainium yeah no the, 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 there's a difference between like oh I would like you know a, a, a whatever a live hands monster in this color no yeah. problem or you know here's my original character can you design it and build it in a week it's like no that's no it, if it's if also it's do it of, for free uh, yeah also do it for like it, you know I'll like my budget's two hundred dollars if it's no. a patterned, <laughs> patterned puppet in like a, a finish that's one thing yes, and then exactly. especially if that finish happens to be in stock basically what it comes down to is if i have patterns for it sure if yeah. i don't no <laughs> well or <laughs> you know it's going to be a lot more money and a lot longer yes exactly. do, it, do it for free but exposure you're gonna get exposure exactly. yes. i'm gonna put it on my burgeoning youtube to channel quote, which currently has zero frankie exposure is what is what tech bros had before they invented nfts it's mm. just it's nonsense exposure is what people in the wilderness die of <laughs> hey good what people who get paid in exposure that's even of. better you're hired anyway um, uh so yeah there's, there's been a few puppets that have moved there's been a few and and the nice thing is <clears throat> a couple of them have actually been for operation puppet community members which is really that's really nice. always nice um, those so friggin' people. Those people, Ugh. I know. Um, I'm looking at the show notes because I've actually forgotten. Oh, God, this seems like a million years ago, and it was last week. Yes. Okay, so going back, uh, not this Monday, but the previous Monday, I started because things were slow and I didn't have room to make new builds. Mm-hmm. That's when I start prototyping stuff, yeah. right? And. Um, one of the things I've been working on is like, <clears throat> I've been trying to think of like, you know, well, what do people want? People generally want things that are sometimes inadvisable. Mm. One of them being removable arm rods. There are lots of reasons why people want removable arm rods, and there are an equal number of reasons why we shouldn't do removable you arm rods. You lose wrist flexation exactly. on, uh, removable, most of the time on movable, removable arm rods. To make a truly removable arm rod that you can just pull out of the arm mm-hmm. with nothing else happening, you need to make that a single pivot point, obviously. Yeah. And because of that, there's no way to anchor it into the wrist solidly so you lose the wrist articulation so you can't bring the wrist right. towards the, the puppet the rod literally rotates yeah, in the arm in the socket yeah. yeah so there are a number of ways to get around this now there's a very common uh, method for making arm rods that uses a flag system where you bend a little flag into the end of the rod and then you make a little pocket in the in the hand but you'd have to unstitch it but that's only semi-removable in that when you put it in you you do stitch up the hole yeah because you don't want to see the hole no right but but you can then take the arm rod out and put it back in. And the reason that you want removable arm rods in the first place, well, there's two main reasons. Mm -hmm. One is that you're not going to use both arm rods. So you want one arm pinned to the body and you don't want an arm hanging or a rod hanging off of that arm. Yeah. That's one completely legit reason. The other, uh, and this is the big one is for costume changes because for, for, Taking clothes and taking them off and putting them on a puppet, getting them over the rods is almost impossible. Now, people 
want the removable arm rods for that reason, but usually what we do with professional puppets is we don't make the arm rod removable because we need a very strong connection point to get that wrist articulation. Um, we make the arms removable. So mm. we take the arms off with the costume on. Well, that's it. terrifying. I, you know, it kind of is. And uh, to make an arm that's removable and yet still a strong connection is a lot of work and it's very fiddly and you have to do a sort of tying system and there's a whole line system that you use. There's a lot of reasons why you don't just use like a plastic snap or something like that because they're very weak and they, they come off. Yeah. Um, and this is one of those mech situations where it's like, you think, oh, you can just do this. And then when you actually do it, it's like, oh, this happens and this happens. And there's a whole bunch of reasons why we don't do it. Yeah. Um, so but most professional puppets, when they do uh, arm rise situations, they do removable arms. Of course, for the shop, as we've talked about before, I don't generally do that because these are often first time buyers who, who just need, just want to buy a thing and try it out. Um, there is, I have developed a system where you can have a removable arm rod that has a little bit, you basically use aquarium tubing mm-hmm. inside the socket and you can put a rod in and as long as, because the rods that I make are, you put uh, heat shrink covered on with heat shrink tubing and that so grips on the silicone. It, it's rubber on rubber. So yeah. it kind of has a bit of grip. It's not perfect. It's not ideal. You would but be able to is. quickly move the wrist yeah. in on a rotation, but you could probably slowly bring it out I mean, around. one thing you can do is you can put like double-sided carpet tape, for example, on, on the rod before you shove it in and mm-hmm. that will hold it, that kind of thing. So I've been, I've been playing around with that. And then just as I was like prototyping all of that stuff, then suddenly puppets started selling on the store. <laughs> I had to like go, oh. Your I last Greebly like, sold. The last, uh, well, the Greebly, that's so, <clears throat> yeah, the uh, Greebly sold. And then, um, We'll we'll actually talk about this part. I did. I made another Greebly exactly like the Greebly that sold mm-hmm. um, for an Operation Puppet community member, which we will talk about in Gizmo. Yes, Town because there's there's details there. Did I put that in this section? You, I you put it in Gizmo Town. Where? Okay, it's in Gizmo Town. We'll talk about it in Gizmo Town. Um, but yeah, so there was that. There was a small for another Operation Puppet community member um, who I just finished today. There are two smalls, and they are amazing. Both each individually yeah. are stunning. So the other one was a, a Frog Prince character oh, for for a client who actually got in contact with me like late last year who mm-hmm. wanted this character, and I, I, the stuff like things came up one thing after another. And I had to like delay, delay, delay. Thankfully, they weren't in a hurry. It's not a time sensitive thing. They just want this character. And I finally got enough time to get around to doing it. It is so good. It's pretty good. Is it the first one with legs? Uh, this is the first small with legs now that you mention it. Yeah. It's so good. It's, it's pretty It's pretty cute. So, it's, it's whimsical as anything. Yeah, and I was I was following the client's direction all the way. So, you I know, mean, and, and they gave me enough leeway to kind of go, "Well, I know like here's what I want, but I know that you can How, how do they how do they like the they final pictures? Yeah, mm. they absolutely love it. So, so that was very gratifying. That's a, so, that's amazing. We did that. To and, whoever bought that, that's that's a yeah, such I, a good I, I haven't I any client that gets a puppet from me, FYI, if you're listening to this, I will not use your name or I no. will, unless you unless I get explicit consent. But whoever first. got that, yeah. I, that's a fantastic puppet. I love 
I love the I way that one looks. They're, if they're not aware of the podcast, they will be because I put an info sheet in every mm-hmm. puppet that I sell. It's like, hey, here's all the stuff we do. Um, and then the so, other small was was so the other good small too. is for another Operation Puppet community member. Um, I don't. I, I'm I'm sure they would be fine with me saying who they were, but I'm not going to. That's fine. I haven't, That's fine. I haven't uh, but, got explicit consent to do that. Ooh, and did boy. you do another Greebly this there week? Was, so there was. There was like I a built, restock Greebly. I built a... internals of two Greeblies. I made okay. the one Greebly for Indie Skeep, which yep. we'll talk about later, and and the two smalls. So I built three puppets. I made the internals for four okay. this week. So it was the fourth Greebly. I had yes, thought you was, had made it, but there you There was had. another Greebly in the works that I haven't actually settled But that on. one's going to be for the store. That'll be for the store. Okay. Yeah. So the three that I made this week where I've already been spoken for and are like on the way out the door. Fantastic. or have Or have gone out the door. Fantastic. So, yeah. It's been a whole. It's been very busy, and I literally just as we were getting ready for the podcast, sold another one. So it's just like wow, choking okay. on puppets. Yeah, you, you, but you know, if people want to keep up to date with the builds, <laughs> they can join the Discord. They can join the Discord, and the link is in the show notes. It's a fantastic place. Uh, all kinds of people are updating all the time about things they're making, or you know, talking about puppets or the, the there's immediate. Lots, there's lots of chat going on. The imminent dissolution of Twitter. <laughs> yes, w Discord.com. Oh, no. no, no, no. Slash. <laughs> oh, no. Don't listen to him. He's, operation He's a URL liar. It's true. Slash um, default.html. One thing I want to do is they shout out Tom Stewart uh, yes. of the Creature Work Studio. He I was know, on the live stream. I know that Tom listens to the podcast. For sure. Oh wow! And um, a celebrity listener. It's it's true. And then I mean, Tom's excited to listen to the podcast and hear his name. So, and Tom would drop by the latest bill stream that we did and was dropping the truth bombs it like you wouldn't believe. It ridiculous. was amazing. So Tom is a long time puppet builder and as like you know spoken to like Terry Angus used to be an old not, puppet builder. Not terribly far from here. And he's very—he's quite close to where we yeah. are. So I'm, I'm sure we're, we keep on trying to connect. I promise Tom, Tom may in fact be a guest on the podcast. But yeah, he was point. he was telling us about the internals on the actual animal eye rig, he's which talked, we had. He's talked to a person who built an animal. Like he know, and we, if you go on the Operation Puppet Discord, you can find diagrams of how the actual Muppet of animal there was, was built. There was cutaway pictures that yeah. they had done that showed the eye, the eye rig, how it opens up extra wide and it's, how it closes. It's not actually that different. It's footage. It's just a little, like, there's just a little bit more motion. There's, yeah, there's there's more. I, I get why they did it like that. Mm-hmm. And it's very interesting. And since I'm about to build another iRig puppet, I think I'll probably do it like that. But anyway. But it gives you that extra little... Uh, like super wide yeah. and then the the full close. Well, and it's also the the way it's put together means that you it's the, it's the way the trigger is put together, mm-hmm. the control rod, because like you don't need as much clearance and therefore you can build a shallower head because animal's head's very yes, shallow, but a, you still get the full range of motion. It's he's got whole, a fairly flat cranium. Yeah, um, it's, uh, a, it's a whole what thing. Are you but it's like I'm, I'm suggesting that he's got a flat cranium. <laughs> it's animal, you don't have to. It's okay. The hand animal inside fly. it isn't super meaty. His brain is in his balls. <laughs> <sighs> anyway. But yeah, no. There was he was uh, he, he popped in and just immediately started dropping. Tom it. was going. I'm he's like, "Can you. I get a link to the Discord? I want to show some links." And I'm like, "Oh my god!" 
Yeah. So thank you, Tom. Yes, and thank we will, you, Tom. We will have you on. I mean, he wanted to chat live on the on yeah, the he wanted stream. To, to join in. I just wasn't ready for voice chat at that at particular time. But we will get ready for you, Tom. Yep. Don't worry. We will. We'll make plans. We'll do he's, things. So he's got very interesting. Tom. Things. Tom's great. Tom does brilliant work. TheCreatureWorkStudio.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, go visit Tom's stuff. You built one of his smallies. I did. I built a couple actually. Yeah, um, you used that design. And uh, yeah, no, absolutely fantastic. Go Watching ahead. you go through the pattern was very interesting. When you saw like the hand and how he does the hand, and it's got the slightly offset thumb, and you're yeah, like, oh yeah, that's really interesting. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Um, and also the fact that during the live stream when I built Tom's pattern, I made a mistake, and Tom was in the in audience the chat, going, and he's like, um, did you check this? And I went, oh, okay, thank you. Yeah, but it was when you were marking up the foam, which was good because you hadn't already cut it. Yes, exactly. Does phase two involve uh, getting into beef with another puppet maker? I mean, we, we should could, we could start some. We shit. could probably pretend. I think I think rather our agenda should be to show that we're united. Actually, but, but you know what. <laughs> To pay for the legal too fees. Too much wrestling. That's yeah. the problem. To pay for the legal fees for the upcoming beef with Tom, you could throw <laughs> us a coffee. We're throwing the begging for money in the puppet pit section now because it's actually relevant mm-hmm. in that if you can donate any amount of money to Operation Puppet, it will pay for a lot of different things. It pays for the hosting for the podcast. It pays for the hosting for the website. It pays for our time. It pays for a whole lot of things. This podcast will always be free. Everything mm-hmm. we do in, in the public will always be free. But it does cost money. And so if you can afford to shoot us a couple of bucks, that would be great. You can go to ko-fi.com slash Operation Puppet and throw us a bone if you like. We appreciate you either way. Either Install way. the Operation Puppet app on your phone. I mean, it's only a matter of Go time. to the Google Play Store and look up Operation Puppet. <laughs> if only. Don't All right. click on the first one. That's the fake one. Back when I was back when I was a web developer, we had back when in, in, in ancient times when the Mastodons roamed across mm-hmm. the tundra, um, we had a, a, a client who came to us when we need an app, and we went, "Okay, what do you want the app to do?" I don't understand the question. <laughs> we just need an app. We just need an app. Uh, the, they said I need an app. <laughs> okay. There is no Operation Puppet app. OperationPuppet.com. Anyway. www. Stop. Stop. We're going to take another break, and we will be back with Gizmo Town. The sky above the port was the color of a YouTube video hit with a copyright takedown. Around the rainy streets, people huddled with neon umbrellas and impractical goggles. Here we fight the corporate arcologies and get excited about phones. Welcome to the mean streets of Gizmo Town. So, Blade Runner connection. Yes. It turns out. And I, I've I've worked with this person for a couple of years now, and I just d- discovered she oh. is Ryan Gosling's sister. Yes, works in uh, a place in Toronto. <laughs> she works at Rotman. Yeah, yeah. We're she, we're fucking coworkers, okay. and it just it didn't make the connection. Her last name's Gosling, and we went okay. And then uh, we saw a picture of her at the premiere with Ryan. Went <laughs> oh fuck! Wow. <laughs> 
And it's it's not like it was a secret. <laughs> we just never never put two and two she, together. She doesn't just walk around volunteering that information to people. I mean, would you? It's yeah. it's like the uh, the time where like, hey, wait, they they installed the new president in uh, Honduras, and they have the same last name as our coworker. Are you guys related? <laughs> yeah, I'm her daughter. I'm his daughter. <laughs> that's oh, that's oh. interesting. <laughs> oh, wow! That's so uh, now we have a connection to Ryan fucking Gosling. Excellent. And and therefore Blade Runner. Well, it's Gizmo Town. Sure is. I guess we're going to talk about the deck nook. There is a deck nook. There is a deck nook. Um, a heck of a deck nook, actually. Uh, so, as I talked about, this is why we need to do it weekly. Oh my god, it feels like forever ago. As we talked about on the last podcast, I was thinking you suddenly had a hard drive with no home. <laughs> yes, and I was thinking about getting the fan upgrade yes. from iFixit for my Steam Deck. Yep. Well, not only did I think about it, I did it. Yes. Uh, and side note, iFixit Canada. I don't know if this was just a thing that I that happened to me because I paid with Apple Pay or whatever, but like you know, y'all need better shipping options because there was one shipping option mm-hmm. and it was the overnight. And therefore, the shipping was more than the thing. Oh, jeez. And like, it more than doubled the cost of wow. the thing. Holy cow. I mean, it was the only shipping option that I I mean, had. Canada gets fucked in a lot of ways for shipping Absolutely. options. So yeah. I, I wouldn't be super surprised. But yeah, that, that does seem like, odd that there would only be an overnight option. This way more than I planned to spend for a fan and a screwdriver. If, but if, if I was going to order... If I was, yeah, I was going to say, if I ordered the uh, fan upgrade, I'd also get their, their full I've, I've already got kit. the full I know. screwdriver kit. So I, I just needed the fan. But anyway... I just still went ahead and did it. So I, I got the fan upgrade. You should have got the hall sticks. You should have got the, I should have got everything. everything. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't. I just got the fan upgrade. So um, I, and the funny thing is I wasn't actually sure what fan was already in my deck because there are two fans yes. that, that you could potentially get in your Steam the, Deck. The and Delta it. and then the, the one that's over the M. One is the good one. One is the bad one. Well, did I'm assuming that was just on the launch models, wasn't it? So the bad one they've added foam to, which really reduces the uh, vibratory noises it was doing. And that makes sense. I yeah. mean, if that's all it took was adding a little it's, bit of foam. It's still in, not as good. In Reddit's estimation, the Delta is quieter than the if modified. You, if you hold the mic to it and measure the decibels. If you get all like, Digital Foundry yeah. on it, yeah. Yes, exactly. If you go full Digital Foundry, it's still, okay. So anyway, there's a, there's a whole adventure that I went on here. So I got the thing and I'm like, okay. So not only did I have the leftover hard drive mm-hmm. of the two terabyte hard drive from the, the now defunct Asus Ally, mm-hmm. um, and then I had this fan. I think, well, okay, I might as well just, if I'm going to open this thing up, I'm going to do everything, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was a little nervous about opening it up because, as we know, I had potentially stripped one of the screws. The good news is I managed to get the screw out, no problem. Uh, so I, I and I watched videos about how to swap. Now it's it's a bit of a fiddly uh, operation because the header on that fan is unbelievably tiny. Mm-hmm. So thankfully, the iFixit kit comes with a pair of forceps that yeah, are yeah, like yeah. very very small, and you can like actually get in there and get the thing out. It was still very very tiny and a little bit nerve wracking, but it was okay. I, I got through. Did it. you use your puppet making tools to? I like, did not. Nice I, I only use what came with the iFixit. No, I mean like kit. like a magnifying glass or something. Don't you? Well, do you I have something like that? I put my glasses on yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't use barge i did not use barge in the in the filled uh, it with danger honey I did not fill the steam deck with danger honey not at all um so i did i did the swap of the fan and did the hard drive 
and I updated everything and everything was fine. And I had to, of course, because I did a hard drive swap, I had to reinstall absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. Cause I'm not going to like do a drive you, clone. You've got to, you've got to do the, uh, yeah. the recovery. And you ran it through the dishwasher. Of course. Yeah. Now, um, the good news is I got the screws out. No problem. And this time I was very careful. I mean, thankfully last time I was smart enough to go, I'm not going to screw this in as tight as I can make it. Mm-hmm. I'll just finger tighten this and then it'll be fine. And I got it. Out, no problem. Um, and so the screws have been, has been fine. Now I, you know, thankfully because I'd opened it at least twice before opening it up again was, it gets easier every yeah, time yeah, yeah, because yeah. The, the clips don't hit, hit as hard. So it was fine. The hardware part was fine, except for the part where I forgot to connect the battery again. Yeah. You know, that was I, I was in, the, was I was in the channel when that happened. Uh, <laughs> you probably the, unplugged it and you're the like, really, oh. The really funny part was I put the hard drive in. I hadn't wiped it since I pulled it out of the Ally. So oh. I put the hard drive in and I just booted it up, of course, to see if it would boot. It sure did. It booted into Windows 11. Booted straight into Windows 11. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Because <laughs> it can do that, yeah. Because it can do that, yep. And it was and fucking army crate loaded up and everything. And I'm like, okay, I'm gonna shut if, this down. If you had to pulled the Windows drivers off the Steam site, you would have had all the oh, stuff I'm sure. working. I'm sure. I even tried because you know all my games were still there. It was all installed and everything. So I'm like, I'm just gonna see. I loaded up Horizon Zero Dawn and it was like two frames per yeah, second. No, it's, yeah, no, it was it was running on the wrong drivers. Yeah, exactly. So. And I I didn't want to like dwell on case Armory because Armory Crate also does firmware shit yeah and i'm like i don't want to let army create do anything to this, yeah let's so. still I, are they have they talked to any at all about windows on a steam deck so recently? they're never going to officially support it but steam deck os 3.5 will officially in the firmware allow dual booting within their infrastructure right now you have to use a th- if you want to go between linux and windows you have to use a third party uh, option which generally work but occasionally don't work. Um, like they just they will stop booting into the other thing. They'll stop giving you the option to boot into another thing, and you have to rerun it again in Linux yeah. uh, to reapply it. Um, so I mean, there you can do it. It's not ideal, and Valve does uh, offer drivers for Windows. But I think the idea is more you install only Windows on the, the SD card or on the uh, internal SSD or you only install Linux. There's no sure. dual boot yeah, option. Yeah. That's coming. Has the performance, but the it performance will, okay with it's, it? It's fine. Uh, but it's still better on Linux. You do. I mean, some things run better in Windows because you're using straight DirectX hooks to straight DirectX hooks. It's, there's no tr- translating them. But a lot of older stuff, like um, one of the Tomb Raiders doesn't run under windows 11 no way no how but it runs under linux because they're emulating the right, right version right. of DirectX for the right things so there's um some things that will not run under windows but anything that does run under windows runs pretty good uh, maybe a frame per second or two lower than linux for most things yeah. interesting but uh, it's not like it's you know it's bogged down or anything i haven't looked into it at all so i was just curious if yeah. they it was what i, I was going to install windows on it for right off the bat because i'm like portable destiny but then i'm like why would i want portable destiny i played on a gigantic <laughs> screen <laughs> yeah. and now i don't even i barely play destiny at all so yeah uh so anyway that, that that was that all went fine so i installed steam os everything was great install all my software no problem so then I started playing Diablo 4, of course, because that's my main game right now. And I noticed that not only were was the fan coming on more, but the temperatures were higher mm-hmm. than normal. And the performance was notably worse. Oh, shit. So I'm like, 
Did you have to change the curves what for the, the new fan? I don't even know how to do that. I don't even know where you find that on the Steam Deck. So the, so the fan was, was coming on and it was running. The fan was doing a lot more work than it right. was before. And, and badly. It was, and the reason it was doing more work was because the temperatures were higher. I don't know. What the fuck's going on? Oh, shit. Now, I, I had noticed that occasionally things seemed like it was it was running hotter before I did this as well. Mm-hmm. So I, oh. I don't know what's going on. So then I started down the rabbit hole of, like, cooling a Steam Deck. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. It's like, what's going on? And, yeah, of course, there's lots of people who are like, uh, I, I did the teardown of, like, here's where the heat sink is. Here's where the thermal paste is. Here's where you can replace the thermal paste with a thermal pad. Here's and all the, the the major modding stuff people do with it. And it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but uh, so then what I did was, like, okay, I it was it was bad enough. Then I'm like, I'm starting to hit 90s here. This is not good. Something mm. something is has changed. Something is different than it was before. <sighs> okay. I'll crack it open again. So I opened it up again, and I thought, okay, I'm going to, like, diagnostic this, right? So I need to do a couple of things. I need to figure out what's going on. I need to swap the old fan back in, then run it, then see if is it the fan. Is the fan just broken? Like, what's going on, right? So when I opened it up again, this is be like the fourth time I've opened the Steam Deck. So by now, I'm totally comfortable with opening up the Steam Deck. Nice. I'm like, I could field strip that fucker. Like, mm-hmm. no problem. You got me, whatever you need to do with the Steam Deck, you bring it to me. I'll open it up, no problem. I got, I got, it doesn't even matter. I need to know what screws go where. I know the whole thing. I can do it blindfolded. You got it. So I opened it up again. And then I realized as I took the shielding off, that one of the thermal pads, the thermal pad over the APU, was very slightly misaligned. Oh. And I mean by millimeters. Wow. It was wow. tiny. But it was enough. But I'm like, huh. It couldn't be it, it could it? Yeah. And it was because, like, you know, they're sticky, mm-hmm. right? So when you pull the shielding off, they stick a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so when if you pull it off slightly unevenly, it's going to shift it, Right. Huh. Okay, so I swapped the the fan back in, put the thing back on. So I had my old fan, but I made sure that the thermal pad was aligned properly. Again, it was such a small degree, but it was visible. You could see that it had shifted slightly. Must have covered something. And it was the APU, right? It was the main processor. Yeah. So it was like, okay, huh. put it back together with the old fan. Everything was fine. Mm-hmm. Okay. So now everything's fine. Everything's running cool. It's running no problem. And I didn't not I didn't notice that much of a of an auditory difference between the two fans. Be- probably because the old one was running hot and therefore coming on more often. It's like this sounds I don't know. It's pretty much the same to me. So now it's working. Now everything's great. I'm, it's running cool. It's running quiet. I got all my stuff on here. I got a two terabyte hard drive in it. I'm good. I'm ready to go. So it, this, at this point, it's still got the original but it's got fan. The old fan in it. Exactly. Fan. So I'm like, but now I don't know. Yes. Do I <laughs> right? take it apart again? I don't know if it was the thermal pad or if it was the fan. And I've got this podcast. And if I were to go on the podcast and, and say, go, I never replaced I it. Yeah. So, of course, I opened it up the again. The fifth time. 
put the new fan in, made sure the thermal pad was aligned, put everything back together again. At this point, you're timing yourself to see how fast you can I, feel. I, I it's it's like the Marine uh, yeah. rifle drill. No, exactly. That's the field stripping. Yeah. Right? It's just, yeah, boom, boom. I got it. Okay. And it's fine. How's the sound? It's the same. It really? It's really? It's and this. did you have the two different fans? I had two different fans. Okay. Yep. Because I've the, got the the finger quotes the bad Delta. fan. Yeah. No, no, I don't have the Delta. I have the okay. M fan. Yeah. So the Delta fan is the good fan. Honestly, there's not that much. I, it, I, I always play with headphones in, so I never hear the yeah, fan. No, so. it's not. It's, it's so more. So you the replacement fan made zero difference. The repla- I mean, it's. There might be. It's a little, maybe a couple a little decibels. Bit, but yeah. it's nothing. It's nothing you'd ever really notice. The more important thing, and this is kind of the, the instructive thing. Now, the instructive thing was, boy, in a device this small millimeters make a difference absolutely and i cannot emphasize enough how small the offset on the thermal pad was it was still touching the apu yep but it was just slightly rotated at like i don't know four degrees or something it was tiny but that was enough to like drive the temperature seven degrees higher Hmm. like it was bonkers and and therefore the because it was throttling right so the performance got notably worse yep all because the thermal yeah, pad if it was hits, very slightly rotated if it hits the thermal warning area you've got no tolerances in a device this small it is tiny 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 so, i would think that it would just start throttling itself too at that point well that's that's, that's what that's what it was doing was because like as soon as you hit 90 any any mm-hmm. cpu or apu is will start to throttling start throttling so that's what was happening to, was, to drop the heat yeah exactly so that nevertheless and this is the point that i keep coming around to that was super instructive i yeah. learned something through all that yes i got my hands dirty i didn't know what was going on i had no i i may have bricked my device who knows but at the end of it my thing is working, it's cool and quiet, and I learned something, right? And this is unbelievably valuable. Like that I, I now know a thing that I didn't know before, and that is that's what life's all about, folks. Absolutely. That, you know, that's what that's why you we're should, here. So you should run it um, plugged in. I do a lot. Yeah, I do often. Curious, maybe that. Maybe there's no. Make there's a no performance difference. Not, not there's huge. Not, yeah, no. it's, not, it's not like the Ally where it suddenly boosted a turbo yeah. motor or anything. It's not like that. Okay. Um, in in deck nook related uh, things, yes. I was in a hotel or in a hotel a hospital waiting room recently. And if you have to go to a hospital and you want to use a Steam Deck, go to Toronto Western. Okay. Their guest Wi-Fi network actually is really fast. Interesting. I had to download a Diablo 4 update, and (laughs) it actually did it in a very quick amount of time and then played with zero lag. I was very impressed. So if you can, remove all your diagnostic work over to the Toronto General, or uh, sorry, Toronto Western. Toronto Western. And then you you can uh, sit and play the deck, no problem. Uh, Related, kind of, uh, since you mentioned Diablo, um, there was a recent update to Proton Experimental. Was there? Yes, um, and I don't know if uh, I always down. Ex- I always download Pro, uh, Proton Experimental because it doesn't. Are you running BattleNet on Proton Experimental? I bel- I, uh, I might be running it on GE. Um, the 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 home roll. I one. know how you can tell. How uh, do you always have the little battle net needs to be updated icon? Yes. Then change to Proton Experimental because they have fixed. So that. they fixed that. Okay, because I've been looking at that for ages. Yeah, that was, I was that running was the thing. GE. In the very early Diablo 4 days, like just post-beta right at launch, uh, was getting a little bit more out of Diablo. 
Um, but apparently experimental's caught up, but I just had left it at GE, so I'll have to go and uh, and update that. Yeah, that was it was and it I'm one of those people that if I see a little badge on my No, thing, it drives me nuts I every need, time. And of course so the I don't know if Andrew knows the problem was that in uh in Battlenet, because you're running it through, you know, uh Proton, a launcher, yeah. Through the launcher, there was like, this bug that got introduced whereby it said it needed an update, but it would never complete the update. Mm. So you always have the little icon there yeah, saying it's you need nice. an update. It's, it's been interesting because a lot of new titles have been professing that they're deck ready. I mean, yeah. Armored Core 6 will will be fully playable on Steam Deck. The Ratchet and Clank yeah. uh, Steam release is yeah. uh, deck verified. Yeah. So obviously devs are going hard on the Steam Deck. So it's it's disappointing that that Blizzard hasn't said, yeah, no, go nuts. Here well, you go. Overwatch 2 is coming to Steam. Well, Steam, this, yeah, but that is a very that'll, that'll definitely make a difference. That, but but, but like, they've said that other thing, they're looking at their catalog yeah. and other things may show up in Steam. That, yeah, so I, they're, this may be the beginning of, okay, we're going to make our stuff. I think they just don't want to support it in, on the deck. I mean, they're happy if it runs, but they don't want to go out of their way to make it work. It, and it's more work for them. That's yeah, the thing. but and if, they, if we're able to take the launcher, in, so. the problem, you can run Diablo 4 without Battle.net. But you have to enter in your username yeah. and password every single time you launch it and then approve it from the app. Yeah. Um, if you've got two-factor on, we have two-factor on. Turn on two-factor authentication, <laughs> everything, please, dear, dear God. God. Yes. Um, but then every time you launch it, you have to type in your, your username, your password, which is usually relatively complex, and then uh, authenticate it yeah. every single time you launch it if it's not launching through the Battle.net. Uh, client, which is why I launch everything to the Battle.net client, but it's an extra layer. Yeah. It's a pain in the butt. You have to configure it to actually show you your games as opposed to showing you with a weird home screen that has nothing to do with your games. Yeah. <laughs> and then you have to tell it to close after it runs. Otherwise, it sits in memory and, and, and vampires off of everything else. So, so you're saying if Proton Experimental, Proton Experimental it, it should work. Fixed Make sure you've the, updated your Proton yeah. Experimental because a lot of times they'll sit in your download queue and not update for a little while. Yeah. Um, I always manually push through all my Proton. I haven't updates. tried running it on the deck yet, so we'll see. So up to update your Proton Experimental switch if you're running Battle.net. Uh, switch to Proton Experimental, and then, then when you get the the icon, do the upgrade, and then because, it'll it'll, then it it'll will, go through. It will complete. I remember it going through once before, but then something had obviously changed between Battle Battle and that. Changed yeah. something, yeah, exactly. Um, so anyway, that's uh, that was fun and interesting, and now everything's fine, perfect. <laughs> and I have literally every single Diablo game on the deck. I should do that. I've got them all. One through four, including Immortal. Everything is running on the deck. I feel like there was a Game Boy Diablo game, but I can't. There was a PS1 game. Was there There, really? Diablo Diablo 1 came to PS1. Okay, but it was still Diablo 1. It was a slightly modified Diablo 1. Okay. But structurally, it was still Diablo. It wasn't like a side-scrolling adventure game. The interesting thing about Diablo 1, the the GOG version, Mm -hmm. is there's like a, a user patch... For it. Well, it comes with Hellfire, and then, yes, yes it does have a, a well, user. The user patch actually adds things like yep. gamepad support yep. and, like, remapping of keys and, you know, a whole bunch of classes that weren't in the original <laughs> game. I got uh, the GOG version for Devolution, which is That's a, Devolution is a, one of a launcher. Yeah. Uh, it runs under Linux and Android, and yeah. so you can play Diablo 1 on Android if you've yeah. got the, um, the game files from the GOG version. Yeah, it's pretty good. 
Yeah. It's pretty good. Anyway, so that's the deck nook. It's a good nook, a that sizable good, nook. That was a sizable you know, I keep thinking every time is they are we gonna have any of course we always 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 have something to talk about. Anyway, let's move on. Oh wow. Do we want to switch this up in the order because I've done a lot of talking. Andrew bought a gizmo. Andrew bought a gizmo. Well, we we buy a lot of retro shit, and uh, who's I pick, we? I mean, we, I bought one well, retro. Okay, shit. <laughs> I mean, we're okay. focused on retro shit. I do own several Amigas. Yeah. <laughs> That's retro shit. I picked up the Miu Mini Plus because uh, recently it, it showed up at a surprising discount on uh, AliExpress. It was actually a thread on Red Thike Deals for it, which was oh, surprising. Really? That's kind of where, where I, I noticed it. I had heard about it because, you know, there's these 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 units are just I a constant stream. I desperately wanted a Miu Mini just because you couldn't get it and it was it was twee. Yeah. Um, yeah. But having held a Miu, Miu Mini Plus, I realized that a Miu Mini would absolutely not work with my mitts. Yeah, I mean the the, the plus is it's a good size. It's it's the plus is significantly bigger. So to be clear, what I what I'm looking for in in a retro handheld is a four by three screen, which is becoming harder and harder to find on a lot of these units because it's just so much cheaper to find you know repurposed cell phone yeah. screens yeah. and stuff like that, and uh, people think- want to people tend to be expecting to play recent generation the retroids are like old, older iphone screens yeah something like that so that, that but that's the kind of thing that they're doing is they're repurposing these screens you were saying earlier how um the the Mews were using old blackberry screens yes. because they're just there's there were billions black, of them blackberry bolds yeah. and there's a bunch of uh low use to no use screens that were in the shenzhen markets i think the blackberry bold may have been my very first smartphone I, it was i i had a couple blackberries before that but i was deep in the it trenches at that point in time yeah, so uh but just we, to, we had the pre-bolds. you gotta appreciate that this is what's happening in china is, yeah. is that they're they're cobbling together these re- these emulation units from old hardware well that's why my Mio minis were only stuff. available in batches of like a hundred or less yeah because it was, it was a year ago really that they came out first. it was it was and as they got the the screens yeah. they would cobble together an x number and then some would fail because the screens were no good yeah. so they would have like between 60 and 100 to sell in batches and, it was, and they would instantly sell yeah it. they would they would drop them in the middle of the night in yes. some cases and people were obsessed <laughs> with it trying yep. to get on at the right time people to were get messaging the them on aliexpress oh, all brutal. day all night trying to find out when the next mini drop was because it was a, it was a good sweet spot yeah. because like i said it's got a it's got a 3.5 inch four by three screen beautiful it's bright it's colorful it's it's excellent uh the, the button layout it's got uh four shoulder buttons on the back mm-hmm. so you got your l1 and your l2 no analog sticks which is which for some people is a deal breaker well but, i mean that means you can only run up the ps1 of a certain age because yeah, well, anything like you can't run in 64 because in 64 exactly, use exactly. Uh, uh, analog and people stick. have it in their heads now that they want to be able to play everything through gamecube at this point for for a handheld unit but i mean this i picked it up and it was 60 bucks and it should still be relatively relatively around the same price if you're looking on and i got it from aliexpress you yeah. know because that's just how you get them so in, in six to eight months you get the unit i got it very quickly no i, I was everything i get from aliexpress is always they've changed the system and yeah. i think uh they don't necessarily drop ship from china anymore i think a lot of it's being it's, a lot of these units are in canada already yeah so they're getting here it a lot be. quicker so that was that was obviously historically the biggest issue with AliExpress. Now there's Timu, and Timu definitely has North American uh, places as well where they ship from. Anyway, 
Um, so yeah, so I got one in relatively short order. And what's what's really crazy is that it ships with games. I mean, it's it's ready to go. You could basically hand it to your nephew it's, and say, "Here you go, chief." And it's got a lot of really weird Chinese knockoff games in it. Like you'll have six hundred different Super Mario games because they're all weird. Wrong. Not in this case. The original the original uh, Mini. It, it, there was like yeah. Entire swaths of Chinese knockoff sure, Mario, sure. Mario games, the old six hundred and one NES yeah. characters kind of stuff, and that's that, that's normal. But I was really surprised how many actual games were in there. I mean, it had the Japanese version of Symphony of the Night, which was surprising, but not exactly playable if you don't speak Japanese. But it was it was there and it ran great. But again, just as a side note, the the card that you if you do order one, uh, don't bother ordering they're, the big one because they're the cards they use cards. are bad. Yeah. And they will fail. And what happens is people save their states to the card, mm-hmm. and then they the states fail. So well, I mean, they're, they've only had a limited right life because they're they're, yeah. they're really so they're factory seconds. If you do get one, don't bother. Like if you can get one without the card, go for that. Also, build your own ROM set because they are out there. And I'm not going to say the website archive.org, but no. you can look it up. <laughs> also, don't look for Tiny ROM. Yeah. Oh, there, there's, a, there's a bunch of there. There's a set don't made look for, for the Miu Mini. That's it, yeah. Everything that can be run on it. And it, if, if it did exist, it would be it would be available in 32, 64, or 128. And then you size. just burn it to your own card. And just Yeah. So don't do that. Build your own set if you're going to get one of these devices because... what The card that comes with is crap, and the sets they come with are generally dubious. Yes. Um, and often just not in English. And uh, it makes sense. If you're going to have devices like this, you might as well get the games you want. And as to have. I said, the, the the key with the key for me is that I just I was really focused on emulating stuff up to like PS One, mm-hmm. and it does a really nice job with that. Now, unfortunately, I've found that for for my hands, it's still a little small. It's the the Mew Mini Plus. I thought was going to be the sweet spot, but it is just too small for yeah. me. So it's I'm still I'm I I like it. I don't know how much I'm going to how much use I'm going to get out of it, but I feel like I'm going to play more RPG st- stuff on it, the stuff that I don't have to worry about getting uh, It has twitchy. me thinking about the Anbernick uh full-sized Game Boy one that has the D-pad and not the dual analog It's sticks. the same size. It's it's a little bit bigger. Is it? It's a little yeah. bit wider than the Mini. Yeah, it, and this is the problem is these units are not something you can test drive at the Best Buy. The problem is I really like my Ambernick candy bar style yeah. one. Like the the, the think, controls on the other side, because the problem is like my hands get too close together, yeah. and they mm-hmm. I just my, they start cramping up. If I have them far enough apart, and I've got a nice uh, space for my yeah. uh, trigger fingers, so it's, it's fine. It's, it's still, it's a, it's a crazy world, and, and these, these units just keep coming, and I keep telling There's myself... There's a new Retroid? There's a new Retroid 2.5? Retroid Pocket 2.5 now? Like they just released this. Don't look at me. <laughs> like they've got a three. They've Jamie, got a three plus. Jamie, now they have a two point five. Jamie, I bought the two S. The which the, the new one. I bought the retro two S. No, but the, the colored one, like the flips, yeah. the flip top. No, not the flip one. There's a new two S that's coming out. Oh, is that? that and that's... I pre-ordered it. Oh Jesus Christ. So I was look, gonna say I, that one for later, but look, this is this is this is my life. Might as well be a wrestling discussion for all. Retroid has six hundred devices, and this is the newest one. And it look, it's I'm not, we'll save this for later. Regardless, we'll have an even, another one down the road in a couple weeks. I think it's shipping in August. <laughs> God, it, I gotta, it, I gotta, it's I gotta catch mid-August. up. I'm, I'm gonna have to get an Ain Odin or something like that. It's and that like I say, it's it's nice because they're not super expensive. Like I said, yeah, this one's sixty yeah. bucks. The new one was not sixty bucks, but I mean. It's it's a and it's candy bar. It's a candy bar layout, and it's got analog. It'll be more 
but it's still a four by three screen, which is what I was looking for. Yeah. So we'll see. Anyway, I haven't. I I I still have my old Retroid Two, which I barely played because I got that at the beginning of the pandemic, when I thought I was going to be sitting in in the in the in the back of the atrium, babysitting classes all day, and that didn't never came around. So so I've still got that one to get rid of. It's, it's got a three inch screen, I think, so it's even smaller. But anyway. Uh, it's there's a lot of this but stuff you know, and it never stops. You know what they do a lot of times for these retro handhelds is they 3D print grips for them. <laughs> He's trying to do a segue. I'm not trying. I'm I am segue master. <laughs> We're fully over here. into the, 2S, the segue. The, actually, yeah. the 2s was chipping with that as well. Yeah, with I, I probably should have got grip. the grip on it. But go yeah. on. So uh, shout out to Indies Keep. This is what we alluded to. Friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. Member Discord, of the Operation Puppet community. Discord regular. Discord regular. Stream regular Indies Keep, who has their own YouTube channel, which we will link to in the show notes. All around great person. All around great person. Uh, uh, prop builder, cosplayer, streamer, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Indies Keep had an, a brand new in-the-box 3D printer. And then they heard that I was thinking about getting a 3D printer. Preferably brand new and in the box. Preferably brand new and in the box. They went, you know, I've always wanted one of your puppets. So we arranged a trade. A barter? Barter. Who's the mayor of Barter Town (laughs) now? We did do Barter Town. So I sent them... Agreeably, this was the Greeble that I made this week. That was the very similar to the previous Greeble, mm-hmm. um, and they sent me a 3D printer. And guess what showed up today? Literally, the 3D printer. The 3D printer showed up today. I wish you had your cube that we could. I can inspect. go get the cube. You would? Would you like to inspect? I'm going to no, get, get the, the cube. cube. No, no, get no. The cube. Get the go. cube. You got to talk. Get gotta the talk. cube. He's he's off to get the cube. Get the cube. So I guess. I I predicted the procurement of a 3D printer. Was it the last podcast? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah, like two weeks ago, so I this said is, this Kevin's going to have a 3D printer. This is I F- said by the end of the year. This is an FDM printer. I mean, there's a little bit of layer zero mess up, but that's so, usually... Uh, it could be bed heat or it could be um, the, the leveling. Pro- the problem is this is my, <laughs> this is my very first 3D printer. I mean, all the other faces are good. There's a little... You can see layer creep on the bottom here. Yeah. It starts off smaller and then gets bigger. Uh, that's probably the, I don't the lower even layer. know the words you're saying. Like, I know nothing about 3D. I so, mean, really nothing. So with like, a 3D print, there's it's basically sliced into yeah. layers. So uh, you tell it how big you want your layers. The smaller the layers, the less the styration, the less noticeable yes. the styration. Um, but the, the, the finer the layers, the more likely they are to crush... At the bottom, they actually right. the weight of uh, future layers will cause will, them to collapse. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, and then there's infill, which is what you're filling it in. Like you never, unless it's something has to be structural, you don't do a hundred percent infill. You do like a twenty five percent or a thirty percent or a fifty percent infill, where they it, it does patterns to fill it up, but it's not a hundred percent solid. There's little air pockets inside it, um, but you can see at the bottom that there's a little curve here. And that's usually layer crush yeah. uh, from the lower layer. Well, so the problem is, I guess, since it's my very first 3D printer, I, I have zero experience. I know 
you know, I I know conceptually how they work. The upper layers though are perfect. Like the corners at the top, it's better than I thought. The are problem, extremely good. The problem so far has been um, uh, leveling the bed. That's been the big thing. I still have not got anywhere near what it should be. The, I have I stripped off a whole bunch of garbage layers on the bottom. The of that. embossed letters are also perfect. There's no drift in them. You're yeah. not seeing uh, weird line infill on them. So. I mean, I'd say this is a successful test print if all you're having is lower layer. You didn't problems. see the stuff I stripped off the bottom. That no, I, I saw the picture, of, and yeah, it's yeah. and you had spaghetti at the bottom. There was spaghetti on the bottom, but um, it might be the bed wasn't hot enough to adhere the big bottom well, the layers. Bed was as hot as it should be for PLA. So. Um, but the other thing is that it, it might be that the other the, the bottom layers didn't adhere. Sometimes people put spray paint or not yeah. spray paint, it's hairspray. They put hairspray on. I guarantee you it was the bed level. For it here. My bed leveling is so off. And I, I can see it because they actually give you the numbers on mm-hmm. this thing. And it's like I can see it. One corner is way higher it's, than the other. And it's just, well, I'd say one, this is pretty good. 98% yeah. good. It's pre- just it's that. It's better than I fear. that For the first print, I, that's much better than and I fear. And it's just it it's one or two corners. Like this one's almost 90 degrees. There's just a yeah. little divot there. These two here... Uh, curve in quite a bit. I did sand some of it, by the way. That's yeah. well, I think one That's of the curves is because I sanded it. It, it could be, but it, this is you can also see the uh, a little bit of the infill if you look in the bottom. Yeah. You yeah. can but see it's, obviously it's going to be amazing for prototyping bits. Oh well, the the, the whole even thing, even like, for Max, like uh, yeah. having something to road like a wire rotates in in one of these for anything internal it. like that. Yeah, exactly. Really great. When you don't have to worry about the aesthetics and it's simply just got to be functional, it's going to be amazing. So the interesting thing was, um, like, I always knew. Of course, I mean, I've 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 known about how three D printing works, mm-hmm. and I've known about you know the the mechanics of it and all that stuff. I followed it carefully, and that's again one of the reasons why I haven't got into it until now is because I knew what it required. Um, and so this is my very first little kind of steps into it. So it's like it ain't perfect, boy. Let me tell you, but all but, the costume was agreeably. But it it did it, it, it agree with that. But no, it was it was lovely that like you know it just it made me feel good that a community member was like, well, here let's just just do this for and, a first you know. print. That is excellent. And I'm going to tell you right now, it it, it 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 does feel very cool. I got to say, it does, what we're saying, like whole, just, folks, what we're saying is puppets are the new currency. Just wait <laughs> yeah, until awesome. uh, you you print something complicated and it has to put the supports in on it. Like That's, it, it because the stuff that I want to eventually work towards printing will probably need supports. Or... Cure, so that's all made by the slicer. And the, yeah. the, the different slicers will give you different support structures. Uh, Cura 3D does uh, this one type. Prusa yeah. has their own slicer, which does a different style of support. Uh, it's all a matter of figuring out what works best for the way you design Yeah, them. and because a lot of the stuff I want to print in terms of stuff that I'm going to use on the external side of public, like eyes, for example, mm-hmm. um, it's... It's it's funny because like you know I know conceptually how it all works so it's like I was let's say you want to print a dome yes like a shell yes yeah. a dome so there's two ways you can do it right you can't just print so like one of the things I've been I've been thinking about an eye design that I can do for that it's almost a dull joint style eye yep that it's like you know there's the external shell and then there's an a peg a, that like goes a post that goes into exactly. it yeah so. Um, the thing that you have to remember is when you 3D print something, you always need 
a flat base. Yes. Right. You can't because otherwise you're printing stuff that's floating in midair. Then you can't do that. You, you have that's to where think supports about, come yeah, in. Building it up in layers, right? So you either let's say if you're printing a dome, you either have to print it basically upside down like mm-hmm. a bowl. Yes. Or you have to build supports into it. Always put the widest part down if possible. Yeah. If you're designing like a mech and it happens to be narrower at the top than it or narrower at the bottom than it is at the top. Flip it upside down and print it upside down because yeah. the, the 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 widest part being on the bottom means that the rest of the print rests on top of it. Yeah, exactly. A lot of people get really fouled up because they want it to be printed right side up. This is the way I designed it. This is the way it's yeah. printed. Don't flip it and have the widest part at the bottom now, whenever you can. I have some experience with 3D modeling. I, I, I get, like, I can think in 3D space. I understand how all that stuff yeah, works. So just don't get caught up on the Z axis yes. where, where this is up and it has to be up because if you print it upside down, a lot of times it's better. And also be able to think in pieces. Like, yes. don't, you, you're not, you may not be able to print a whole thing at once. Absolutely. Pieces of a thing and then glue it together. And then glue it together. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's, but, it's, you know, it's a it's, fantastic tool. It, I can I can absolutely see. But, but look eventually. at the lettering on that. Oh yeah, no, it's like it's yeah. A lot can, of times, if you've got your layers wrong, or you you've you've pulled in a PLA profile and you're printing ABS, like everything gets messed up and yeah. it looks terrible. Plus, now you can make cutlery. The fact that you're able to turn <laughs> that out now, on your first print is a, a testament to how well they've done the design of these the printer, things. The printer itself is pretty good. The fact yes. that, that I, having zero experience, yes. and who definitely has an incorrect bed leveling, mm-hmm. was still able to print this. Yes. That's the thing. Like Those are nice, sharp uprights the, on uh, the cube. The other thing is, you know how long this took? Six hours. No, it was probably 45 minutes. Yeah, half an hour. Yeah, okay. Uh, they're, they're a lot faster than they used to be. Yeah, it's still pretty slow. Nice. No, so my like, my my coworker does on average twelve hour prints yeah. for most of the stuff they. Well, print. that's the thing. Like I'm thinking, like when I get up to speed and get up to a point where I'm like printing batches of eyes, for example, a whole bed full. It's, it's going to be like a week. Like, it's I'm going to be gonna, a while. Like, set set it to go, and you just let it go. This is why people have farms yeah. uh, because they have one that just prints out this thing, and then one just prints out the. Because when you're doing stuff that requires bits, yeah, like when my my coworker makes cartridges for things. Uh, this one does all the bottom shell. This one does all the top shell. This one does like the half shells, and like the, 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 each one is always turning them so out. The thing we didn't say is like because this is an audio podcast. Mm-hmm. So the thing I'm holding is a cube that's slightly larger than your average. It's about an inch on inch square. Uh, about an inch, like it's a it's a it's a D six. Yeah, basically, it's about a six sided die. It's larger than an, your average six sided die for RPG. It's a, it's about a, maybe an inch and a half. Yeah. Her face it looks like a delicious sugar cube. But kind of I, 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 I called it forty-five minutes, and I was a little over. But that's that 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 seems very. There's also tons of internal supports on this. Like yes. it's a honeycomb inside. Yep. So that's you the know. the infill. Yeah. Um. But it's it's also if you print a thicker, like you're you're doing ex- more extrusion, it's faster. It's yeah. a little rougher, but it'll also print faster so with a less on fine. Printing. Like if I'm printing eyes, for example, yes, you'll want very, you'll probably want fine resolution. As, as, as close as you can get, but yeah. then if you're printing something internal, you could do a slightly thicker um, layer. So the other thing I want to investigate once I get up to speed, and mm-hmm. I'm, again, just the very, very beginning of this is um, because I am going to want to do things like eyes. Yes. Um, and so I need it to be as smooth as possible. Now, I know there's a whole bunch of techniques for getting smooth prints because 
what you have to remember is when you when you print 3D printing, you're building up something in layers, and you can see the layers. Acetone right? vapors. Um, so that's the one thing that I've seen is like the acetone stuff, but I don't know pa- if I want to. Paper read. towel with a little bit of acetone in it, put it underneath something, yeah. and the vapors will smooth it right out. Glossy. Uh, I should I should show you the the, the chest the chest that my coworker yeah. printed me because but he, it almost makes stuff look like it's been melted right it, <laughs> it just it, it's very shiny yeah um and and you don't see any of the layers I I, I will take a picture of the chest set I I've was got. hoping that like I could just sand them but that does not because the layers you want are kind a of little bit in, of right? texture uh you could with a I, not a super fine sandpaper, probably, especially if you made the walls a little thicker so you've got some space to sand, you yeah. could probably get them to a nice, maybe not the puppet pelts or not the, the puppet pie, puppet pie uh, ABS, sphere, like yeah. that, 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 that uh, kind of almost flocked texture, yeah. but not quite. You wouldn't be quite there, but you could get it to a nice matte uh, finish. Yeah, this. I mean, this isn't bad the way it is. I could probably some get away faces. With it, some but, faces yeah. will be easier than others. Yeah. I'll do some teeth and stuff like that. Oh, I'll do teeth. I'll do horns. I'll do you know. Like, there's all kinds of things. This is all leading up to his doctor teeth replica. <laughs> you know, if I was can you picture do, that? If I was can you do picture? A I can doctor picture teeth that. replica. This would be how I would do the teeth. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, there's no question. I'm, I'm sure this is how they do the teeth currently. Um, but yeah. So anyway, that's very cool. Um, at the, the fact very- that you set it up this afternoon and you were able to do a test print and the fact that the test print isn't literally just spaghetti because the number <laughs> of times I've seen test prints from, uh, from the first time uh, well, 3D printers. Because I really don't know what I'm doing. Was like, this the I'm built-in following test? Like, this is, this is, yeah, there's, so there's two. There's, the, there's this cube. This yep. is the... the, um, the, the Diagnostic. Diagnostic. Thank yeah, you. The cube. Test yep. And there's also the boat. The boat. It's built into it. I'm not going to build the boat until I get the leveling right. Absolutely. That but, was, but that's the, the fact leveling test. That the, the diagnostic cube printed out like that, I'd say, is a huge win oh, for yeah. you would just set it up. Well, that's the thing. Like when, when Indiescape came to me and said, well, here's the one I have. Do you want this? I at first was like, well, let me see because oh, I went and watched some reviews because I I wanted mm-hmm. first of all it's bigger than what I planned on, so yep. I had to rearrange a lot of the shop to accommodate it. Um, but that's okay because like a lot of the things that I found when I into the um, 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 SV zero one, I forget the name of the brand. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's kind of a mid range brand. It's it's a good kind of workhorse. Put, put a link in the podcast. Notes. I will. Um, but. The one thing that I kept coming across with the reviews, people going, huh, this actually printed like pretty good, yeah. better than I expected. And that's kind of what happened here, right? That's that's the thing. That's what you're like, looking for in, a, in an entry-level printer is better yeah. than I expected. And so that's kind of where I am. So I got to I gotta get the bed leveling. That's the really So the, the fancier printers have a... Right beside the print head, it's got a little either a button or a, uh, a magnetometer where it brings it down and it detects. Oh, this, this has that. Yeah. But there's also that, that's, that's for z- zeroing, and then you've yeah. got to level the bed. Yeah. yeah. And it's, it's the second part that I'm not. Do you have I'm a spirit level? Near, I I have a little. Yeah. I, but it's not. It's it's very odd. Like one corner is way off than the other. It's very strange. It could hmm. be my floor. Like could, I, you know, who knows? Could be. It, it could be a bunch. You of might things. need to shim one of the corners to bring it up I underneath, could, like the, lot, the foot. There are there are um, adjustable adjustable knobs yeah, on but, the bottom. But if if you but, hit the end of it, you might need to shim one of the corners. Yeah, I, just, or, I gotta, I gotta fiddle with it. Is yeah. what it comes down to. Now, the good thing is, like, I can start. You know, 
I can start printing a thing and I can see right away, oh, it's going weird. So then yeah. I can just stop and, and, and not, you know, continue and not waste time. That's the other thing I keep thinking is like, well, this is just plastic. And I'm just, we're just printing garbage. Like we're literally just making more garbage. Well, the last thing we need to be doing is putting more plastic in the world and yet we are. Prusa uh, recycles 3D prints to their own filament. That's what I keep thinking is like, that's gotta be the next phase of this, right? Yes, 3D printing is like unbelievably huge and important. Mm-hmm. And yeah, we need to do this, but we also need to make this sustainable. No, it's, it's like, there's, there's already uh, efforts to try to recycle 3D yeah, you don't have to worry about filament. Corrupted. I think for any serious 3D printing operation, the, the recycling filament, recycling plastic yeah. needs to be part of your... Because it's, it's not corrupted with other crap, so they can a, easily, they should be able to easily... There's a video online of someone visiting the Prusa um, warehouse, not the warehouse, but their, their factory in the Ukraine, I believe, where they actually have a place where they recycle and then dry and then re-extrude um, new filament. I saw on Instagram of all places because this is one of the places where they're like their stupid reels mm-hmm. algorithm actually grabbed me. Somebody taking like old like two liter soda bottles. Yep. And like taking those and yep. like melting them down and putting them through an extruder and yep, like that's making, ABS plastic. So making new filament from yep. that. And it's like, why aren't we all doing that yep. all the time? Let's just do that. Yep. Because there's like a such so much of a supply of there, raw material right there. There are efforts. That's good to know. Yeah, uh, and I would, I wish I could fit something like that into my pipeline. Yeah, but but I mean, it, it, it's not an insignificant amount of work. That's it. Yeah, exactly. but it, it, where you can look for places that are offering recycled yeah. um, filament. Um, so anyway, there's that's the beginning of the 3D printing journey has started. That's, that's fantastic. That's and so thank you, Indies Keep. That was awesome, and it was great to like have I, that kind of. I can't wait till I can say I remember when he only had one printer. <laughs> you know, I'm looking, you know. before the wife left. <laughs> and that was we are the printers. printers. I see. And all printers. All right, next. What do we got? Uh, free. What is this? Freedom Mobile has rolled out five G in major urban so, areas. are we shilling for Freedom no? Mobile but I, I, I have. Are been we a, getting money? Are we getting money? I've been money a Freedom Mobile uh, customer since they started as Wind because they're not Bell, they're not Telus, and they're okay, not Rogers. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and it's always been kind of a well, you know, we just got LTE when everyone else has five G. Um, it's it, they're a smaller player. They ended up getting bought by uh, Shaw, which didn't turn into anything really. No benefits for uh, the the subscribers. It just, just stayed the course. And then this last year, Rogers wanted to buy Shaw to consolidate their stranglehold on the cable market. Of course. Um, but the thing that the CRTC, the Canada's um, version of the FCC. Uh, kept stumbling upon was that Rogers would buy out the one independent Canadian cell phone company uh, that wasn't already a uh, mobile virtual network operator. Um, and they would only okay the purchase if they spun out Freedom to another uh, company. So Quebec Corps, who owned Videotron in Quebec and who also have uh, cell presence in most of the other provinces in Canada ended up buying uh, Freedom Mobile. And I have to say, I think it's been one of the best things that's ever happened to Freedom Mobile. Um, They put out a 40 gigabyte plan 
that includes U.S. roaming with 40 gigabytes of data and unlimited calling and unlimited text while you're in the States for $50. Wow. Uh, I was already on a 10 gigabyte LTE plan with Freedom for $50. So it's a fair upgrade. It was a no brainer side grade. Yes, please. And then to um, on Thursday, they sent out an email saying that they had in major metropolitan areas rolled out 5G. We're a major metropolitan area. Rolled out 5G, um, and that people will be getting a text in the next week to let them know that they're on 5G. Uh, Ten minutes later, I got a text saying, you're on 5G, and I was suddenly on 5G. <laughs> nice. Um, Christ, any, I don't even get on 5G, and I'm on Bell. Any plan that was $45 or more immediately got upgraded to 5G, nice. and any of the new plans going forward are going to be 5G. Maybe switch in. Um, it, it's ridiculous how – I, I, Everyone's like says wait for the shoe to drop, but Quebec Corps has been just trying to drive because they've already got Videotron in uh, Quebec for cell phones, mm-hmm. uh, and now they've got this presence in every other province because um, uh, they uh, Freedom wasn't able to buy space on cell towers in Quebec because the Quebec had first shot at their own uh, yeah. uh, spectrum, but now Videotron owns all that spectrum, so now uh, it's across Canada. It's non-big three. It's because even Fido, Virgin, uh, Public, that's all mobile network virtual operators underneath Bell, Rogers, TELUS. Um, so so they, we, need, we need Ryan Gosling to buy it. So then Ryan Gosling can run the, Freedom the, Mobile. The co- competitor to Mint Ryan in the Reynolds States. Yeah. He's out of Mint or he's he's he, still part of it. But we sold it to T-Mobile. Ryan, yeah, T-Mobile, yeah. Um, but, you know, it's been it, – it's it, fantastic that a non-Big 3 mobile operator – when they offered this $50 roaming package – the number of sales that Bell, Telus, and Rogers scrambled to implement to try to keep people on their network it's was a, hilarious. It's a threat. It's an actual huge threat. threat. But I mean, they said it was a limited offer, and they're still offering it. It's still the fifty dollar yeah. with roaming to the states. So I would have forty gigabytes of data in New York or New Orleans or in Florida. And meanwhile, well, limited you, calling. How can you tell he's trying to sell me? I, uh, like Rogers is charging <laughs> what ten ten bucks a day? Yes, to, for, to Rome to, now? for Rome like home. Yeah. It used to be five. Yeah, but uh, this is basically all built into your uh, package. And you know, it only, it only makes sense. I mean, I, I don't pay for my phone. Work pays for my phone, so I don't have to think about it. But I would absolutely jump on. I have freedom. a phone that work pays for, but I don't use that for my personal stuff because once I leave work, I'm going to throw the phone at them, yeah. or at least the SIM card <laughs> at them, because I actually paid for the phone. Flick the eSIM at them. Oh wait. Oh no, it's still an actual no, SIM in this one. But uh, I just thought it was really nice that they. Announced they were rolling it out and then immediately rolled it out. And now I have 5G on my phone in Toronto. That's the advantage of living in downtown Toronto. Uh, Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, and another one or two cities right now. Honestly, though, when I wander around downtown and I'm on Bell, I almost never see 5G. Yeah. It's it's still LTE in most places. So I don't know what the hell they're doing. I never leave, so I have no idea. There you go. Oh, I'm on on Wi-Fi right now. Yeah, me too. Um, But... If I look, yeah, no, I'm on Freedom 5G. Yeah, no, it's better than what I'm getting, but it's yeah. it's fantastic. I I I am I I was with them when they started as Wind because I'm like I need a ah, cell phone yes. provider and wind. I don't want to be on Bell and I don't because I had been on Fido, mm-hmm. um, and I'm like I just want to get away from these because every, all my everyone I know is paying 
80, 90, a hundred dollars yep. for their cell plan. And then I've, I've just upgraded to a $50 plan with 40 gigabytes of data. And it's, 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 it's appealing. It, it was, it, it was a problem cool. initially because the, if you were, if you lived in Mississauga, the other and nice you're taking thing, the go train home, you, you lost your data, pl- your phone as you, the other nice thing is that's also nationwide data. So if I roam yeah. with bell or Rogers on, uh, in Ancaster or in like Northern Ontario, I'm still getting my 40 gigabytes of data, and that was that was the kicker. Yeah, so I'm not no, I'm no longer uh, stuck with whatever I have. Like five, I think it was 500 megabytes of roaming data for free. Use code Operation Puppet for 10 percent off. <laughs> I so, uh, yeah, I, we, I swear that wasn't an ad. It was just me being very appreciative of myself <laughs> no, provider no. for not being you know douchebags because I just changed my plan and I'm spending a little bit more than I was before and I'm like mm. Mm, I'm, I may be done because I really don't need this shit I may be switching look so. um, you would who are you with tell us tell us yeah. contact them f- to unlock your phone and then leave and go to uh, uh, freedom and mm-hmm. uh, you can either do an e-sim or you can get an actual sim and then pop it in but make sure you unlock it before you leave yes because the Operator has to unlock it for you. Right. Uh, so next, I love this the legend of Glorbo. Glorbo <laughs> is king. It's so great that somebody grassroots somebody lead this you grassroots takedown of the burgeoning AI journalism bullshit. Well, there's always it just been... shows how paper thin the fucking oh, yeah. thing is. Even before AI, there was always those sites that all they do is troll Reddit for what people are talking that about. That is true. And then make an article based on these three people on Reddit say this. Uh, just now it's automatic with an uh, AI filling in the uh, the rest. Yeah. And there's but, no there's no editor going through and going, should we check on this? Who two, cares? It's content. Two different subreddits. Uh, first, it was uh, slash r r slash wow, and then Destiny Two. Uh, r wow came up with Glorbo, the secret world boss that you know they had to come together to beat. And um, I think hours later mm-hmm. a new, one of these AI news sites had come up with a uh, uh, everyone's excited about Glorbo the new world boss <laughs> Glorbo so yeah it's so, so the back, so good the background is that that the sub like the subreddits realized that they were being scraped by harvested these, yeah. harvested by these like garbage AI sites that if you go to Google this is like the first couple of pages of Google now every yep. time you search for anything you just get these pages and pages of absolute garbage sites that Dix there's a bunch of them yeah. all they do is go through subreddits I mean, at and this then point, harvest Google what people has are talking just about thrown up the hands and went I don't know That's whatever right. cuz when I when I look for uh, builds in Destiny 2 often Dextero is one of the sites and it's clearly scraping but it's, all, it, all it is doing is, is scraping Reddit and then and saying these these three people like this warlock build yeah. and then, and what I love about that because this is like the users going, okay, we're gonna fuck them. Yeah, yeah. Like, we're just gonna like we're gonna make up some stupid shit, and then they're gonna scrape it and post it like it's some actual facts. And this is just showing how paper thin this whole auto generated AI bullshit. The really Destiny is. Two subreddit saw it work, and they said, okay, now Glorbo's a mini bar, a secret boss <laughs> yeah. inside the latest uh, strike. And there were two articles with two different credited. Uh, authors that were exactly authors. the same yeah, yeah. Yep. you know they're they're doing everything they can to hide the fact that they're it, it, they don't 
there's nobody making this shit now. It's just. But if AI straight. isn't poisoning the well, Reddit is poisoning the well. It's right. amazing. Well, yeah. But yeah it's, I don't know. Well, I this just, was my point on the Discord. Yeah. It's like this is how we deal with this stuff. Absolutely. As, as humans, this is how we 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 beat the AI threat is that we poison the well that AI drinks from and yeah. AI drinks from the the, the data that when we the, all generate when the idiots read the site and they think oh we got to look for Glorbo and then they discover upon a little more introspection to realize that it was bullshit it's like hey this shitty website lied to us maybe we should actually put a little effort in in the future no that's not going to happen they're just going to keep well, this chewing is, it up what I what I said a long time ago on the Discord was like the problem with the quote-unquote AI thing that's happening right now is, first of all, it's not AI. AI is a marketing term. These large language models, they're 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 harvesting data from the internet. That's what they are fed on. Yep. And the more that the internet itself, the data that they feed on, becomes AI generated. Well, that's a, the, what their output becomes their input, yes. and then it starts to mutate. Yeah, because other sites are going to scrape those sites and, and talk about Glorbo and how Glorbo yeah. is, is the thing you should. So look the, the the analogy I keep coming back to is if you ever taken a JPEG and compressed it, and then saved it and compressed it again, and saved it and compressed it again, as you as you compress. Every time you save the compression, you're saving a compression of a compression. There is there is um, a compound kind of interesting going on. Right? Yeah. It, it starts to build, and so the errors become larger, faster, and that's what's going to happen with AI. As more AI feeds on AI, and it gets less accurate, the level and the the speed at which things become more inaccurate is going to suddenly skyrocket. Yeah. Do you know what we should bring back for uh, AI? Uh, baiting, Zalgo. Zalgo. I didn't know what Zalgo. The is. number one website on the internet. It was no the Zalgo. The uh, from the, the SA webcomics thread. Oh Jesus. The uh, the the. What was the, I thinking of? The you were thinking of Zombocom. Zombocom. Zalgo was yes. a so there was a number of threads on something awful where they would edit the weekly um, funny pages and one of the targets was Archie Comics. And they would have each person like slowly filled with one of these elder gods that happened to be named Zalgo. And then the the last (laughs) panel would be their eyes are completely back and it's black and it says he comes with all kinds of corrupted characters. It was so beautiful because it it was coming from the purest of comics like Archie or Heathcliff or just. But but it was always it was Zalgo was the name of the elder god. And the last panel would always be he comes with pitch black eyes (laughs) and like ichor dripping out of their mouths. Um, delightful. Those are the days. The, we the thousand years. Oh, the halcyon innocent days. The halcyon days of, of the, early two thousands. Uh, but we should bring back Zalgo as yeah. a uh, a thing. I think that's a good idea. Get all the uh, the old SA goons together to to write up stuff. They all died. I don't, you know, they've it, all it, they've all migrated elsewhere. It feels like as quickly as NFTs came and went, like AI is going to suffer the same thing. And the oh, problem it's, is, it's going to burn itself. We're out. building so much infrastructure now into, yeah. into this AI. This thing. is what somebody had just posted earlier. Was that um, this is this is at the stage now where they're they're getting desperate to sell off yeah. what they can to companies and convince them that it's still a thing, so that they can sell the product that they've been assembling for the last six months or a year yeah. before it becomes garbage because it's already becoming garbage. Well, I read it was, it, it's an Intel, I think, is like going, yeah, we're going hard on AI. We're yeah, building AI. What choice every, did they have? Every chip we make is going to have an AI neural yeah. network inside it. And it's like, mm. 
Really? Because have you looked at what's going on? Because you're the thing you're dancing on. Is Even then, they, they but they don't. It, but, it's nothing. They they're, they're selling it, but they know that it's. But it's, a neural network is different than a a large uh, yeah. language model. And, and this is the thing that again, you're absolutely right. And this is what I keep going back to is like the, the thing that we're calling AI is just a marketing. The, the AI has been watered down yeah. by uh, by Bayesian filter is basically what these things are. There are what you take a spam filter, you feed it positives, and you tell it don't let these things through, and then things that don't match that get passed. This is just basically feeding it everything and saying. This is a picture, and then this is you know an essay, and this is this. Here's what's going to happen. So, so they're getting desperate because things are falling apart. Next, they're going to be making runs down to R and D. There's going to be a guy in R and D who actually made an AI and actually has <laughs> access to some crazy technology that he realizes, fuck, this is going to really screw everything up when it gets out there. And some some guy from marketing is going to kick the door and say, "We need something. I'm going to take that. No, no, it's not ready." And then they're just going to unleash. Skynet. They're literally going to unleash Skynet on us. Skynet, and we're all going to fucking die because of because of Gus from marketing. Yep, <laughs> who, who wanted the new Web four. Yeah. tool. I need more monkeys, bro. Mark, I say mark my words, but when it happens, it'll be over so fast that we yeah. won't even yeah, no, be no. able to I wouldn't, to I wouldn't even worry about it. That's, that's why it happens so fast. But yeah, I... Nah. I, for one, welcome our new AI overlords. There, there is, there are legit uses for this kind of neural network. Now, the thing that I think about is like, we talked about this before, about like finding new drugs. For, or new or drug going therapies. through diagnostic imaging and looking yeah. for variations in them. Um, I know that there's a lot of neural network stuff built into a lot of like the, I used DaVinci Resolve, Mm -hmm. for example, and like a lot of video editing tools have new neural network stuff built in and it is so unbelievably useful. Yes, that's crazy. To be able to like green screen something that was never shot for green screen, for example, or, or the because new it knows, oh, this is a person, this isn't a person. Context oh, aware fill that uh, Adobe does exactly. That's the kind of stuff that's like, okay, this is actually useful for people. But I think like use. large sets of X rays where they feed them into to a, a, a model like this, and all it does is do huge like pixel comparisons on yeah. them, and then is able to say like this is a fracture and this is this, and they, they'd be able to. To, to, to quickly and easily assess and an X-ray many, in many cases more accurately than, than, a, human than a human could. diagnostic yeah. person would. Yes, so that's what I'm. And that's what the thing, a point I want to drive home is like I am not anti. Obviously, I am not anti-technology. I'm not a luddite. I'm not trying to say, oh, well, you know, technology replacing humans is bad. I'm saying that there are legitimate uses for AI, and, this, and, and these are not use cases that need to be but applied. Particularly, the the way that we're using it is the wrong way. There make are, me seven new Godfather films and make them good <laughs> yeah exactly that's you know we let humans be good at the things that the, the reason that we should have ai and robots is to let humans have the time to be more human and yeah. to do the things that humans do See, that's what morning we're, show people talking about wouldn't it be great if you just got home and like you just wanted to watch a rom-com and you're like i want to watch a rom-com and make it star meryl streep and fred astaire and like and the computer will just make it for you and it'll be great Fuck off! You're an idiot. That's Maybe a, not. Maybe don't do that. Go away. Anyway, AI, it's great. We love it. We're all gonna die. Yeah. All right. We're gonna take. You know, we're gonna take another quick break. We're all gonna die soon, or die, Andrew. <laughs> I mean, soon. <laughs> so did I. <laughs> and on that Simpsons quote, we are going to take another actual break as my drink is empty, and we will be back. With pixels and tokens. 
Video games. Board games. Video games. Tabletop role-playing games. Video games. And now for Pixels and Tokens, where we talk about all kinds of gaming. But mostly video games. Pixels and Tokens in this economy? I be. <laughs> <laughs> One day we will get to something that is tokens and not pixels, but not today. I, you know what? I will mention something that's tokens oh. on Young Street, across the street from uh, from Eaton Center, which uh, which used to be a an adult shop, I believe. The stag shop. The stag shop. The oh ex stag shop is now a friggin' crane arcade. Like a, like the crane game where you you move the crane, okay. and you pick up like uh, stuffed the things. Claw machine. Ah, so it's yeah. theft. It's it's an, it's a huge <laughs> ah, space. Look, theft. It's you know because it's still hot shit in Japan, so they figured, hey, Japan. So there's a very large claw machine arcade set up like you're in friggin' uh, downtown right. Shibuya. I it's 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 surprising. I would I, should I leave would the not apartment. have guessed that. I, yeah. At some point, I should actually go outside. So that technically counts as as a token. Game. I guess it does. Oh, d- d- gaming. Guess huh? what's coming to Xbox? I don't know. Final Fantasy 14. Okay. They they at Final Fantasy Fest. Oh, just today. Today. Phil Spencer showed up and said that Final Fantasy 14 is coming to Xbox Series X and S. That's, That's the online version. Is it the online yes. thing? 14 has okay. been running for a million years. Um, and they said that they're looking forward to future releases on Xbox. Okay. 14 had probably the coolest cutscene in history when they killed the game and reset it. They <laughs> they produced this absolutely this the one, yeah I, I vaguely stunning. remember as a as a as an MMO vet yeah I like a, the apocalypse basically this happened. thing launched it was terrible yeah. they went oops sorry we'll redo this but rather than just reboot it they produced the apocalypse which was incredible there's a turn i don't know the name for, there's a name for the game. video yeah but they released it also as a cutscene. it's like a right. five or ten minute cutscene. absolutely incredible and then they yeah like they they relaunched the game as realm reborn and it changed everything like it, it's a good game so now. it sounds like either sony's exclusivity deal isn't mm-hmm. as exclusive as it used to be well shit i mean they had a million year head start so so it, it the things might be coming on like newer Final Fantasies might right. launch on yeah. Xbox at the same time. They didn't announce 16's coming to Xbox. No, 14 at right. the start, and they said other things in the yeah, future. Yeah, I mean, I th- I believe they had said a, a one year window, and they it, won't even talk about an Xbox version until it's that the window beginning is beginning of um a, a lot of of talk. And it yeah. sounds like they're 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 going to be bringing more stuff to Xbox. Uh, but Final Fantasy was one of those Sony lockup yeah. titles that you knew right, was right. only coming to PS4. Yeah, I mean, 14 is something I have always been interested in and never was willing. Like, I played the Alpha when, in the, or the, I think it was the Alpha. It might have just been the beta. I'm not sure. But anyway, I played it and went, nope. Is 14 the one that started on the PS2? No, that was 11. That was the online one. Yeah, that Final Fantasy used, Online was eleven. They used the hard drive sled. Yeah, that was okay. eleven. Yeah, yeah, fourteen obviously came later. But uh, I wanted to love it. I bought a computer <laughs> to buy to play the friggin' game, and then I was so heartbroken by the beta that I never, I barely played anything on the computer. I think that was probably when I started going almost exclusively console. Mm. But uh, yeah, it was it was just impenetrable. 
and um and they've they've fixed it and i've been like oh i should go back and play that you know and the, all the free time you know, that i have to- so here's i can actually speak to this a little bit because i did play a little bit of it and and i knew i shouldn't though because i am so i am so not an anime person yes and uh, that i knew i was going to bounce off it but i was like occasionally i get into these like you know i'm listening to a lot of waypoint or something and i'm like oh all these people that i like and respect like anime i should probably give it a chance so i do try and then i never really bounce off of it and i had same situation yeah. it was just it's very 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 much that yeah right it is that anime thing i mean my that, my excuse is i haven't liked the final fantasy since two so I, you know it's the, just it's so there's there's something unrelenting about that style of game design that is it's, it's very pass fail right it is very like you, you do the exact right thing at the exact right time or you don't right um but there's also a level of Complexity is the wrong word, but it is density. I guess density. There's visual noise. There's a lot of information thrown at you. At I once. will say it. The Final Fantasy fourteen uh, did, and I, I, I vaguely remember this is triggering a memory because they actually have proper role playing servers where you where yeah. you were encouraged to be in character in chat. And and that's something that not a lot of games really lean into. So yeah. fourteen was definitely supporting that, and they they had specific worlds dedicated for role playing. I'm Cloud was, Strife sixty nine. <laughs> you know they it's, were they um, were definitely invested in, in the in the part lore. of it is the, the UI is needlessly complex, and there's like there there is that kind of thing. There, it is, sure, it is a, a lot of the UI stuff heavy is job very, system. Job yeah. systems a lot, but again, that gives you flexibility. I, again, I can't speak to it because I haven't actually played yeah. it. I just know that it's been running for a very long time. They have they oh, have released many updates to it. I would. It looks like they've released more updates than than Warcraft has in terms of major major expansion yeah. packs. Like they've been very regular. Today they announced the next one. Uh, which is interesting because they the one they just did I believe was kind of an end game situation, but and that they are one will continuing. be coming to Xbox. Yeah, so that was and it's they they showed the trailer. I'm like, oh, I assume that's coming out this October, and it said summer 2024, and I was shocked that they were announcing something that far out for the for the online game, but but there it is, and the crowd. And so what? So I watched the trailer. What's the next thing that pops up on on YouTube? Like when I re when I refresh the page, there were like six reaction videos to the Final Fantasy announcement. <laughs> yeah, of course. Nope. <laughs> no, thank you. Anyway, so uh, it's a big deal, though. It's, I saw that it, it was a uh, an hour old when I added to the podcast notes. So right. It was relatively fresh. Yeah, yeah I didn't. Um, I didn't realize it was that fresh. So it's, it's, that's a decent get for Xbox. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's nice. But uh, I think a lot of people play on PC anyway. Next, this has been uh, t- almost a week's worth of news. Uh, Ubisoft is going to delete your account, but wait, maybe not. I saw something about. I don't. I so I, what, because what? of um, the system in the EU, GIPDR or whatever that system is, where you've you've got the right to be forgotten and your data oh, yeah. uh, expires. Uh, Ubisoft has had to implement if you haven't accessed your Ubisoft profile in any way for six months then your your account is flagged for deletion Uh, and then you have 30 or 60 days to log in to tell them because they send you an email saying you're flagged for deletion to to, to remove the flag 
and everyone lost their minds because Ubisoft is going to delete your games and all of your content is going to get flushed on the toilet because Ubisoft is deleting you right now. You're deleted. Kiss goodbye to your stuff. Um, According to Reddit. And then it turns out that, no, if you access your Ubisoft account via any of the attached things, so if you're on Xbox and you play an Ubisoft game and you log into the Ubi interface to get one of the free skins for points that you've uploaded, that counts as accessing your account. But they've gotten rid of that. No, it still exists. I thought they they had announced they no, weren't doing it anymore. It still exists, at least on the Assassin's I, I think. Games. Well, at the very least, they've they've. I think they've taken it out of a bunch of games. Um, I don't know. Maybe maybe it still exists on some. But games. also, it turns out that if you've gotten any games in the Ubisoft environment, like like a, a like a, the launcher, a, a bought a game in from Ubisoft, then your account is is free from possible deletion. And I was checking my account to see, like, have I done anything? Because I've got. 10 games that are associated with it, which are mostly from either Steam or the Xbox, but there was one um, free game they were giving out in 2018, Anno 20 or uh, 1862 or something like that. Yeah. One of their um, 4X uh, Mm. sailing games. Uh, It was free and I got it. And I'm like, okay, that counts as a game on this account. So my account's fine. But as long as you access your, like, if you've paired your Ubisoft account with any of your games, then it's not going to get downloaded as long as you play yeah. a game. I had uh, got a, there was a stupidly good deal on the Far Cry collection. It was like one through five in all of the DLC. So I bought that a while ago. Okay, then you're, you're proof to yeah. deletion. So, yeah, I mean, that's that's the key is if, if, I, if I bought that and then didn't touch an Ubisoft game in a year, would I lose those games is the question. No. And so understandably, everyone assumed the worst because Ubisoft. But, but if you if your account has a game associated with it in the Ubisoft ecosystem, yeah. then it's not going to get deleted. I'm sure there's a there's an environment where your your account would be deleted. At the very least, I could understand it going dormant, but I guess that's the point is that, as you said, this is because of the, the law in the EU the, the that EU's. you need to be removed completely. As long as yeah. they send an email. Well, and that's what they're doing. And it's Just like 30, click on this link. 30 or 60 days to this email saying, you know, you, you click on a link and then click on don't delete and then we're going to clear the flag. This is this is something that this should have been a one, one-time thing. Like, we're purging the old accounts if you still want your stuff, please, please. But because of this it. law, it has to continue. So every perpetuity. six months now, they're going to do this. They're going to have that to. That kind of sucks. But, I mean, this is this is the, but the that's thing. The, law. This is the yeah. right to be forgotten, the yeah. right to have your, your data not stored forever. This is the, the other forever. side of that. Um, like this is this is what happens. And it, most of these companies that operate in the EU aren't going to say, we're going to separate the EU bucket and the US bucket. We're going to apply it to everything because, yeah. you know, so why are we as, storing all this As data? long as they're sending reminders and not mm-hmm. just like a one and done and something that hits your junk it, folder. It was a non-issue that got blown up into yeah. a huge issue, which then really? got downgraded into a non-issue. <laughs> but obviously, all of the companies should be doing this. If Most companies in the, the, that operate mainly, that have EU presence, should be doing something similar. Right. So, so you're probably going to see yeah. other freakouts in the future. Literally yeah. every company right will have to do the same thing. All right, time for the Diablo check-in. So Holy the, fuck. Worst game in the world ever. My yes. God, I can't believe they sold 666 million units of this crap. I threw my computer out the window because of the Season 1 patch. So they did a patch last week, I guess. Little, little heavy on the nerfs. It was a little heavy on the nerfs. Even I felt it, and I don't really care that much, but mm-hmm. even I was like, huh. 
this is not great. But actually. thankfully, they actually look at their socials, which I, as a developer, I wouldn't do. You could pay me to look at socials if I was making a game. Um, and they, they they saw that maybe they had gone a little too far, and they had the campfire chat where they said, "We're never going to do this again." Holy shit! The look on their faces on we, that campfire. I didn't. Chat. I didn't. I didn't check. Oh I didn't tune my god! In. They were they were haunted. Um, they have said that they are not going to nerf something without buffing something else in reply. Yeah. Like they're not going to leave a a class feeling like there's no recourse. This was the worst part was like the fact that they did go so hard on the nerfs that even I felt that. And I therefore in our discord was Mm -hmm. like, I really hate this side on the, on the side of the fucking subreddits losing their mind, but this really was too much. Like it was, it's one, it's one thing to take away the build that does billion point damage, but the the problem so, was they just applied a blanket solution. Right? They probably, yeah. they went, you know what? If, you know, there were these, a bunch of crit multipliers that were yeah. getting uh, multiplic- multiplied against each other, which were leading to these billion and trillion damage uh, builds. And they wanted to correct that because that's not in scope. And they went too far. And I think the problem is it's this in-scope thing. Yeah. They've got these numbers that they think they want to hit, mm-hmm. but the thing that they're neglecting in all of that is going, what's fun? Yeah. <laughs> right? Like, so I think so, they, they got checked on that. Yeah, they definitely um, did. Now, like, when and, a world and, boss is dying in five seconds, that's not right. I witnessed it. I went in on a world boss the other day that went down so fast. Yeah. I'm like... What the yeah. fuck is like, happening? And when that's like, designed to be a challenging piece of content, like five yeah. to six phases, yeah, and people yeah. are are annihilating it, then no, that's not appropriate. Yeah. The other thing they did was they changed the amount that it costs to get the uh, the really good uh, chests in the hell. What are they hell called? Hell tides. And they also accidentally completely nerfed Helltide uh, uh, drops. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't realize that. that was I, dumb. Went, I went in to do a Helltide. And you and get like, like 19 across an I've, hour. I've killed th- like 14 groups and I've got four of these they, things. They realized that got nerfed. Yeah. And then this, so they've buffed that. They've also, they're buffing density. They're buffing density in uh, Nightmare Dungeons and yeah. in Helltide's. Uh, they're trying to make it better, but they they charging the same amount to access these rare chests as they were for the the regular schmuck chests. Uh, I, I can see wanting them to cost more. Yeah. It oh makes yeah, sense. yeah. No, no, I don't. I don't really worry about that. But you know, it, it, this is part of the dance of Diablo, well, right? Is, is that it is all about carrot and stick. And they just went too heavy on the stick. This right? is like it's, the first two to two and a half years of Diablo three in a month and a bit. Yeah, this is yeah. what we keep talking speed about. Speed run. Coming, it was a speed run. We keep coming back to the Diablo three metaphor, but it is valid in that Diablo three became good after years. Yeah, like I'm surprised. Years. I'm surprised 20, they didn't also introduce the auction house. 2015, yeah. I think, was when I finally was able to was convinced to get in Diablo three because they killed the, the real money auction house and they yeah. were starting on. On loot the 2.0. Loot 2.0. Loot 2.0 changed everything. And it came out in, uh, in 2012. Yeah. So in a month, I think they've done more work 
on Diablo four than they did on Diablo three in two years. And yeah. it makes it makes the community look like a bunch of whiny little pricks. Because they are. Yeah, exactly. They really are. There's a huge mm-hmm. amount of entitlement that yeah. they want the game they, they want to play and that's not the game that they're putting out. Every but. goddamn time that the community in inverted quotes has any kind of beef, they always hold up that entitled little whiny shit who got up at BlizzCon when yeah. they announced Diablo Immortal and went, is this a joke? Yeah. As some kind of fucking hero. Yeah. He's not a hero. He's a whiny little bitch. And I hate him. And I want him to like never, ever appear on my screen again. I Ah, oh, that guy makes me so fucking mad that he gets held up as some kind of like hero of the community mm. against these lazy devs. Yeah. And it's like, oh, fuck the one, off. You have no idea what the this one is. streamer who uh, had the, the clip of him going through to check his season, but he was just pounding a and accidentally bought the season's pass, <laughs> losing his literal mind because he spent a thousand things that he happened to just have. Um, yeah, why did he even have that? Because he, I don't know why he had the the exact amount to buy the season sitting on deck. Mm. Um, I think he wanted a reaction to go viral, right? Exactly. But yeah, think, he set himself up. But the like, I've accidentally hit it a couple times. Me too. But it always pops up the Xbox interface to buy yep. the 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 currency, and then I just back out. Yeah. You, you know what? They've added a prompt. And they've made it so that the default option is the season progress. Yes. The exact thing, that thing happened to me. Mm -hmm. And I had the currency. And I bought the thing by accident. Mm -hmm. Oops. Yeah. My fault. Yeah. I didn't read the button that I clicked on. You know whose problem that is? Mine! Because I didn't read it and I clicked on it. But that dude just losing his mind. Just. It's it's shitty that they made that the default, that that was highlighted every time you brought up the the season. That is is absolutely a problem, but that is more clumsiness in the UI than it is. It's it's a little clunky. I don't deny that they definitely did that on purpose to make people. I'm not not, even not to sure accidentally buy it, but to at least constantly be ready to buy it. To we draw were, your attention to yeah. it. But they make it flash, so yeah, yeah. it's already We no. were talking about this in the Discord. There are a couple a couple of clunky UI choices in, in D4. Oh, yeah. When I'm like you said, when you're upgrading or when you're trying to place a fix on something, I, I'm it starts you off in your inventory, but then it also highlights the things that it could be slot. replacing. Yeah. Yeah. Weird, so I think I've choices. got a knife that I want selected, and then a yellow knife appears up there. I'm like, that's not what I have equipped. Yeah. And then I realized I pulled something out of my inventory. And the entire problem is because they started designing it for keyboard and mouse and then, and they, then tried to make it work with controller. Yeah. That is the actual problem. It's, they just have to sand some corners off yeah. of it. It's not like it's completely unusable. It's just that yeah. by default, you think you've got something selected because it looks like it is selected, but it's only telling you you could apply it to that. And yeah. to come back to the to Diablo 3 thing is like we have to remember when they did Diablo 3 for consoles they completely changed they the redid. UI. It is an it is fundamentally a different thing. It's radial. It it's a it's a yeah. completely new radial menu. This is why they never applied the console UI to the the PC it version. Was, it was a D3. different fork it was entirely. It's literally different. Yeah. Like it's an utterly different thing. So you can't 
make them both work together. In D4, they're trying to make a UI that does work with both mouse and keyboard and controller, and you can swap back and forth between them. And because of that, there are some compromises that have to be done. Now, you would not click on that button by accident if you were using mouse and keyboard. Right. But using a controller, because that's the thing that gets highlighted by default, that's the problem. So it's not malicious. It's not even a dark pattern. It is just oops. Yeah. (laughs) It really is just oops. And because this dipshit didn't read the button, I'm a dipshit who didn't read the button either. But I accept that I was the dipshit in that scenario, right? You know, and it it was just another thing that was a problem that it just amp- got amplified immediately because well, of everybody course, was, because the, the hate the hate train was going the hard rage, the rage machine yeah. starts and, and, and reddit now goes. I will mention I, I don't know if this is in the list or not um, it, it's shitty that the if you complete the season mode on, on the free to play tier mm. you're given you will end up with 666 Oh, Solar. this has been well covered in okay. the. Oh uh, yeah, we, we haven't online. talked about it. But Kotaku yeah. has at least it, one article but it, on it. it the, the shitty thing, it's 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 cute, but also if you if you do play it through three seasons, you end up with like 1998, <laughs> which is still two silver short of being able of of the 2000, which you need a thousand to to get the season pass. So even then, you would you're still short yeah. silver because they were cute about getting 666. I, mean, I, I don't think they ever said that the through if you played the season pass you'd have enough silver to buy. Right, but that's but but based on other games that have done the same thing like yeah. so we Fortnite. weren't promised this. No, no, exactly. But we've decided we deserve it. But other games have done it though. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. If Fortnite, if fucking Avengers did it. Like when you played through Avengers. I was going to say I remember yeah. this from Avengers. Avengers yeah. said, you know, if you if you do the battle pass or whatever it was called, mm-hmm. I can remember. Um then you will have enough for the next one. Yeah, the next character yeah. to unlock. So. And that's fine if that's yeah. what they tell you to get. Right. But, well, but they no, were they were being yeah. very they didn't say anything about the season yeah. pass. So, and it, it, it's an unfortunate amount, but I mean, you know, destiny doesn't give you shit for that. So there's no, you don't get silver at all in destiny. So, so at least that's one game that didn't, that doesn't give you the opportunity to, to earn the next season. I, I will say that the fact that they give you any at all, first of all, is a bit surprising and, and that it absolutely fucking worked. Well, be, cause but I, even 600, like the cheapest item in the store is 800. Yeah. So it's not, the fact that you don't earn enough, in a season to buy a single item, yeah, that's shitty. You you can't buy one currently. They haven't add, like we haven't hit the end of the season, so they might add something that was six hundred or six sixty six in the store. Like, yeah, well, even yeah, but if if you finished the season today, I guess yeah. you, you, you couldn't, couldn't buy do anything. But, but it just seems it seems silly that they had they offer any of it, honestly. But. Anyway, it's a bit surprising. Yeah. Yeah. but uh, you know, I mean, we're 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 I'm I'm up to level. What am I? Fifty? Am I fifty? I'm over fifty now. You're, no, you're forty. Mid forties. Okay, I, I just been, hit fifty. Yeah. So we've been, you know, we've been working our way through the season. Yes. Kevin, what is your season level? Um, I'm getting close to sixty. Yeah. Okay, okay. I thought you were going to say 150. I unlo- oh, 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 oh! I don't know if you guys know this. I don't even know if this is podcast fodder, but. I just found this out, so you may not know this, mm-hmm. or, or you may, and I'm just a dipshit. But, um, so you know the whole malignant heart thing, yeah. right? So that's the whole seasonal thing. Um, there's that special malignant heart that you fight the echo of Varshan or yeah, whatever, Varshan, the, the boss thing. That. You know about all that, right? Yep, you can slot in anything. 
Okay, but you know you have to on on tier two before you unlock tier three. Do you know about this? Let me tell you about this. There's a special. I can't even remember what they're called. The thing. The wrathful that, heart. Wrathful. Yeah. Something. There's the fourth. It's the fourth type of heart. Yeah. Because there's the three main ones that but drop, and that, then there's the wrathful one. The hearts are the the, 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 the brutal cage. malignant invokers. The invokers. Yeah. The, yeah. There's the, the wrathful invoker. I think that's what you're. It's like the. It's, or it's it's the um, brutal. Devious, malignant, and or something. Devi- no, yeah, brutal, anyway. devious, and vicious. There's one that you have to use to to fight the echo of Arshan yeah. in tier three. You cannot, you don't get the recipe for that until you complete the story. Until you yeah. complete the story, and and on tier one or two, fight the echo for the first time. That drops a recipe for, for the, the next the, thing. Yeah, Matt and I found that out uh, after you had logged okay. off last night. We fought the echo of Arshan because we found a, uh, a, a militia, a malignant Do, tunnel the point that is, had him. And we, we fought him and got the next don't recipe. Go to so tier, you shouldn't have logged off. Don't go to tier three until you complete that thing in tier yep. two or one. World tier. In, in World Tier 1 or 2, do because that. Because I didn't know this, and it never explains this anywhere. Yeah. And I'm going through Tier... Because I unlocked Tier 3, and I'm going Nightmare, no problem. I'm fine. Yep. Everything's good. And I keep on hitting all of these Matt like, just started tunnels. the season yesterday. No, day before yesterday. So we were running through it with him. And then yeah. Andrew logged off early, and I was running some stuff with Matt. We ran one more tunnel, and it happened to be one where we could bring him. And I had some of the... Uh, crafted uh, invoker of Varshan. Yeah, and we I fought him. And then once you fight him, you get the, the corrupted then, or whatever yeah, the next the one is. Brutal then, something, something. Then you can, uh, in Nightmare, summon him as a harder. I had shade. no idea you had to do that. So I unlocked yep. tier three early, basically. And I got, I went in there and I could never invoke him yeah. because I didn't have the recipe to make the thing I needed to invoke so you had him. To just go back to tier two. So I had to, and I, I Googled it. I I resorted to Googling it and came across a for, uh, Forbes article that was like, oh, here's why you can't do this. We just it doesn't uh, explain this anywhere. We just lucked mm. into it last night. Yeah. So, so oh, I went right. okay, fine. So I dropped down to tier two, did the thing, got the recipe. Now at I least can you can step back. It's not like you're like yeah. no, no, you're tier three now. You missed oh, your yeah, opportunity. No, it's fine. I didn't know if you knew that because yeah. I didn't know that till this Yet, morning. I didn't know that was so, a thing. Like, that was yeah. a stumbling block because we we just come across. It's it. one yeah. of those you need this to make this. Yeah. Or you do this first, and it's a, yeah. it's, a, it's, a, it's a standard MMO kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I had no, I, I could not figure out why I couldn't do this thing that I should be able to do i didn't have the recipe for it oh turns out it's because of this because you went too far too fast it turns out i just i wish this is why i have to keep the like the replay button on the hotkey for my pc because i got a good drop on on the seasonal beverly and i was doing suddenly really good damage and i'm like huh this is a lot easier. Suddenly, it was a very Diablo moment. It was like I was struggling. I was struggling. Suddenly, I got a good drop. Oh, now I'm kicking ass, yeah. right? So it's that very good yeah. dopamine loop, right? Yeah. And it's like I'm I'm going through one of the malignant tunnels, and it was pretty hard. It was on tier three, so it was not easy. But I'm like I'm kind of owning this, and suddenly I hear fresh meat, <laughs> and it's like oh fuck, the butcher's here. I'm gonna have to deal. I smoked him. It was solo and beautiful. I had no problem. I toe to toe, eye to fucking eye, never moved. I didn't have, I just 
melted the butcher. Apparently, the butcher has the same problem as Diablo 1. He can spawn behind a closed door and you can attack him. Through it. <laughs> nice. I did not know I that. I haven't seen a butcher in a while. I, uh, but yeah, there was the, it was such a like, oh, because I've been kind of struggling a little bit. I've been going really back and forth on D4. Yeah. And this was the moment that I was like, mm, I'm back. That's yeah. it. I, because I, Smoked the butcher. I keep like saying just, it's the power fantasy. You know, you like being in that, getting in that mode where you're just murdering people. Like and I was playing, we were playing tier one. Yeah, and then uh, because that the game they, they were it was suggested to play it through tier one to, to level, level up your character. Yeah. Absolutely, because yeah. you don't get the bonus, but you do it quicker. And Matt had started in tier two. So I was playing on Matt's game. And I'm like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> Why is everything so tanky? I was doing so good. Oh, tier two, right? Okay. Yep. Sorry, I cut you off. Um, but no, but that was the thing, right? Yeah. Because like I hit that thing of like, I, I, I just smoked the butcher real hard. Suddenly it's like, oh, I'm, I'm back. Yeah. It, was, it was a really good dopamine moment. So it's like, yeah, okay, we're good. Now, now we're all fine. And I just got a drop that is the the unique i finally got the first freaking unique on seasonal beverly the first one wow only one i've got so far but it's the one i needed for this build nice I'm to, so i'm i'm on to the next thing so yeah that's that's awesome that's where we are so so there's diablo 4 update um are we ready to move yeah. on are you ready i'm ready are you ready to move on all right here yep. we go hit the reptilicus hit the thingy Our top five games of all time continues with Jamie's number two. Well, um, so my number two is Fallout, a post-nuclear role-playing game. The very first. The very first. All right. I would like you to guess what year that came out. Oh, God. Um, 1978. 90... No, wait, 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 94? Oh, uh, I, 97. 1997. Okay. I I had Mandela affected myself to thinking it came came out a lot sooner than that. Like 94, um, for yeah, example. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think I thought it was 94. Um so it's it's one of those games that happened like I had played RPGs before and really loved them, but this one it hit different. Like I'd played Baldur's Gate, Baldur's Gate Two, uh, Icewind Dale, Icewind Dale Two. I was a, a, a child of the the Bioware games at that point. But Interplay released Fallout same year I started college, and that aesthetic, that 1950s. If the 1950s had never really stopped, if Ray Gun Gothic had kept going, the retro future, uh, but when, also the uh, apocalypse. When did the apocalypse hit in the, in that uh, mythos? Um, that lore. It was 2077. Oh, that's fire! Wow. 2177 is the first Fallout, I believe. I, I can't. So the Space Age continued unabated yes. in that world. Um, I believe that's the thing. But like the, the intro where it starts off, uh, the ink blots uh, maybe plays. It was what I think it was my first experience hearing the ink blots at that point. Yeah. Um, and then you start zoomed in on a TV and it says, uh, our boys uh, keeping the peace in annexed Canada. And it's got a guy uh, with his hands bound on his knees in the middle of the street and a power armored uh, ar- the soldier shoots him in the head. And it keeps pulling back on the TV and it, it's showing uh, commercials for the Corvega 
car and then Mr. Handy and then it's just an apocalypse outside and then uh, Ron Perlman comes in with the war. War never changes. And the, it, they had me. Like it, it just this retrofuturism, this ray gun gothic, this power armor future, but it had all gone sideways in a war with China and now we're coming back from basically the ooze and it's just these little pockets inside the vaults and you go out and you don't know what to expect and you find uh, junk town and you talk to Killian Murphy and he has a problem with gizmo and you go over and talk to gizmo, but maybe you, the gizmo says, you know, you get rid of Killian Murphy. I'm going to give you some caps and you know, that's what you need to get on, get going. You need to figure out how to get a new water chip for your vault. So maybe you side with gizmo and you off Killian Murphy or maybe you go back to Killian Murphy and tell him that Gizmo offered you money to take him out, and then you have to wear a wire and go back, and this is more <laughs> dangerous. It's 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 so well built. It's so well acted, even though most of it is text. Only very few characters have the talking head, like Killian Murphy, Gizmo, um, like a couple of characters, like a handful of characters. The the by far the most of the people you talk to, it's just text. Um, and it's well done and you can tell that it was based on the, the originally they wanted to do it based on GURPS from Steve Jackson oh, right, games. Yeah, that yeah. was the, the RPG core that they had initially decided on in 1994. And then that fell through and they came up with special, which was really, uh, let me see if I can do this. strength perception. Um, E God endurance, uh, charisma, uh, intelligence, agility, and luck. Um, those are the, your your main. I mean, things. I could have guessed at those, <laughs> but that was the the your main stats, and they they made it interesting because if you put a ton of stuff into luck, you got more crits, but you also got more interesting pieces of dialogue. Holy fuck! I have never actually looked up this game in IMDb. Why? Oh, with all the people in it, Richard Dean Anderson is yep. Killian. Yep. Clancy Brown is Rhombus. Yep. Jim Cummings was Gizmo and the Master. Yep. Keith David, Brad Garrett, Tony J. Yep. Tress McNeil, Richard is- Maul from Night Court. This is it, it was <laughs> Ron Perlman, CCH Pounder. Yes. Pamela Adlin, Tony Shaloub. Yep. Cree Summer, David fucking Warner, and Frank Welker. Yes. It, it's holy it's, it's, shit. It's basically top loaded with voice talent. Murderers fucking row. It's uh, it's amazing, and I mean, like this was a very this is when did Children of not Children of Men? What was the first Ron Perlman uh, Gilmore del Toro movie? Oh shit, Children of the Lost City. Children. Children. When did that come out? Probably City, City of Lost City Children. City of Lost Children. That came out probably around this time. This yeah, was this close. was an extremely fresh Ron Perlman, and he stuck with the series. He's done the intro for yeah. almost everything, right up until four. Mm. I don't know if he's in seventy six. But I, I've had a long-standing love affair with Fallout games. I've got an entire shelf in my uh, my computer area. I've got a, a full-size wearable Pip-Boy. I've got multiple Vault-Tec lunchboxes, bobbleheads. I've got a nuclear bomb that's filled with the original <laughs> Fallout games. For the record, uh, he started in uh, Quest for Fire, which was 81. 81, okay, that's right. But, uh, uh, this was a relatively uh, um, relatively fresh Ron Perlman. But it's, it's 
such a good game. It's got such good hooks. There's so many little pop culture nods. Like there's random encounters in the wasteland and you'll be out uh, and there'll be, uh, you'll, you'll have some raiders you have to fight here and then you go to the next one and there's a little blue police box that makes some weird noises and then disappears. And if you go over to where it was, there's a Geiger counter. They, they've got Doctor Who. You can come across... Did you do you you're a uh, uh, an internet early internet aficionado? Do you remember Bob, uh, Bambi versus Godzilla? Of course. There's a Bambi versus Godzilla reference <laughs> where there's a dead deer in the middle of a Godzilla footprint. Uh, like they they th- th- this is how much stuff is tied up in this game. Um, it, it, it's all kinds of different references. There's Blade Runner references in the game. Like I believe Deckard's gun is one of the the guns you can end up getting. It's crazy how much is in it and how much you can pull out of it if you're willing to just kind of poke around in the game. It's almost like you're playing a role. Um, and and the the conceit of your your the water chip that purifies water in your vault has failed, and no one has left the vault for a hundred years since the bombs dropped. They don't know what's going to be out there, and your straw is pulled, and you go out there. And th- this game came out in ninety seven. I'm going to fucking spoil it. Just if you do want to play it, stop listening now. <laughs> but you go out, you do all this stuff. There is a point in the middle of the game where you can get people from the hub to deliver purified water to your vault, which extends the time that you have to complete it. So you can do that to get more time. But if you don't do it, you still have to finish the the game. But you eventually find the water chip and you go back and they're like, you have changed too much. Like you, we, you can't stay here. Yeah. And you can you can basically flip the bird to the overseer and fight him. Which which point you find out that his little uh, overseer um, uh, floating thing has chain guns on it. And then you better be ready for a fight, or you just walk back out in the wilderness. And you're like, okay, uh, I guess I live here now. This is this is me. But like you've 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 it's it's the Nietzsche thing. You've looked into the abyss, but the abyss has also looked into you. Yeah. Um, it's so well done. Like I said, there's not a ton of voice acted. So it's three quarter perspective. So it's an isometric view. Yeah. It's like this it, is really, I don't I have an internal picture for what the original Fallout looked like. Yeah. I, in my head, it is that the resolution of, it's, is it's it's rough. A, well, I mean, it's 640 by 480 if yeah. you're running it in DOS. I mean, yeah. there there are patches to run it higher, but it's a isometric three quarter view. Uh, everything's based on hexagons. Right, and if right, you run right. on diagonals, you get because you've got a, a, a number of action points, and that's the, the, denoted by your agility and your endurance. If you you spike those two stats, you have more action points to do stuff. Shooting a gun, it tells you how many AP it takes. So if you have like a pistol, it's three AP. If it's like a Gauss rifle, it's six AP. And so if you have 12 AP, you could walk six spaces and then shoot a Gauss rifle once, or you could shoot a pistol twice. So you've got these things that you can you can work with. What did they call that in three? Uh, well, three was just vats. Vats, right? Um, because it, the one and two are turn based. You do something, and then the other other side does something. And three, since it was a first person shooter, it was the vault assisted targeting system, and it would slow down things so you could target stuff. That and was shoot a it. brilliant system. It was, so three is one of my favorite games. It might have been on this list if one and two didn't exist, because yeah. one and two really set things up. Um, the, you could use any of your skills to do anything 
really well. Like if you went high into medical, high into doctor, you were basically unkillable. You could go that way. Or you could pickpocket people and steal all their ammunition so they could shoot you once and now they're out of ammo and they got to run at you with their fist. Like there are so many ways. Like I, I, one of my playthroughs, I remember I stole everyone's ammo in an entire area before I went and aggroed them. And then I just had a whole bunch of people trying to punch me and I had a rocket launcher. Um, <laughs> it was so much fun. So many ways to achieve your goals. So many interesting characters to deal with. So many people to side with and work with or against. You're trying to make your own way through it for your own goals, but you get pulled into so many other people's, so many little side quests. Like there's this one um, iguana on a stick uh, brand that's really popular, and then you you find out that they're actually putting people on it. It's basically Soylent iguana on a stick, and then you you know you can either get in for a, a bit of the action or you can expose them. Um, like it's crazy the number of little throwaway things you can find if you're willing to kind of poke around in the game and look at stuff. And it's just, there is such a universe they've created and, and it's continued in the three and new Vegas and four and, uh, and whatnot. But one and two, uh, one especially is just such a time capsule of mm. this, this is two a direct sequel? Two is a direct sequel. It takes place in Arroyo, which is where the uh, original Chosen from Fallout 1, the, from Vault 13, settled and created a family. And you're one of his direct descendants trying to find the Gek, the Garden of Eden creation kit, to bring Arroyo back because the, the crops had stopped growing. I know way too much about Fallout. <laughs> um, Fallout 2 has my slightly more favorite intro because it has Louis Armstrong's A Kiss to Build a Dream On, which is still one of my favorite pieces of jazz music, period, full stop, and it's in this game. And I think if my grandfather was in any way interested in video games, he would have watched that intro with me and loved it because he was a huge Louis Armstrong uh, person. But two improves on it, but one... like. It, there's something one, from, one is one. Yeah. Something from <laughs> yeah. one is missing. Like they, they they improve on a lot of it, but there's there's a core what bit of unique. one that, that just didn't quite translate. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's they tried to throw a tutorial on two and they kind of mucked it down at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Whereas one, it's like, well, here's the outside. Rats want to kill you. What are you gonna do? <laughs> um, so it. It's a little bit, there's a little bit of difference. Like one and two, you can't go wrong and you can get them super cheap uh, just about anywhere. GOG, Steam, basically anywhere. Aim for GOG, but yeah. Um, But I mean, they're so worth playing just for the the sharp writing, the references, although the references are tuned to people from the 80s. So Mm. I'm surprised they haven't done a a remaster of of the original. There there are a number of just like, you know, just improving conversions that that, that up the resolution and maybe use a a bit better uh, uh, graphics. But Mm. Uh, it stands on its own, right? Yeah, no. It's especially from the, from the era. I, I I guess I just never, you know, I always wanted to be an RPG guy, and I just never committed myself. And I remember when it came out and thinking, oh, that looks cool, and I just I just didn't play it. Um, it's uh, it, it's worth going back to, mm-hmm. and it's it's fantastic. The 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 first two games, the the way that they're directly dovetailed and take place in kind of nevada california you get to kind of see the ncr 
technically in one, you meet the beginnings of the new California Republic. Uh, I, I guess I won't spoil that cause it goes into three and uh, new Vegas, I, more new Vegas than anything, but it's, it's amazing. The different places that you go to, they get referenced a lot in later games, brotherhood of steel are right there. And they're they They were, um, but it's the sense of humor that really locks it in. It's a very good, dark sense of humor. Yeah. Um, like the fact that anyone could find anything funny in this yeah, wasteland. It's not self serious. Like, no, they they had. But like the brother Brotherhood of Steel were like everyone's like yeah the Brotherhood of Steel that's friggin' awesome. They were a bunch of people who couldn't commit to helping anybody, and they just ended up hoarding technology. They're these they're these underground losers that have all this technology but won't apply it to help anybody. They, it was created with the intent to help everybody yes, but, and they, but they, they were so terrified of helping at the wrong time that they never helped anybody it, it was yeah it's so they, they're these this 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 kind of underground losers that you eventually just get power armor for it's, for your own purposes and then leave it feels like a political commentary of some sort i, I couldn't i couldn't imagine how um <laughs> there's a lot of the really good references and good like dog meat in and in, in the mad max one shoulder uh, leather jacket armors in this. So there's a lot of uh, Mad Max references directly. I think there's some boy in your in his dog references, which was a dark as shit movie. Um, the Doctor Who, like it's just stacked. And if you look, it's all right there for you to to take in. And it's I I it was right at the beginning of the internet too. So there you. There were like a friend of ours gave us a save file where you could go to a certain fridge in a certain uh, uh, bandit camp, and it was like best ar- armor in the game, like the the power armor in the game, a, a mini gun, a laser gatling gun, things that were really hard to find. You could find them all in this one fridge because somebody had gone stacked them all there in the safe. Uh, it was really neat that you 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 were able to kind of pl- work the game that way, and there was a number of. Uh, uh, save editors at that point yeah, in time yeah. where once you've beaten the game once you want to see what what would a maximum uh, punch boy feel like and you just go through with this uh, maximum strength stat and a uh, gigantic power hammer just completely blasting people across the map with it it's uh it's it's great uh so i mean it was it was one of these worlds that really sucked me in it was because mm-hmm. it, it wasn't was, about the visuals it was about using your imagination and and, and also the way that they made these characters and the way that they kind of they they, they FedEx quest you a little bit but it's not like a lot of the mid 2000s games where it's take this candle and put it over here and I'll take the candle from over here and put it over here and now go to Mongolia and then uh, get me all the candles in Mongolia and bring them back uh, there was some you know take this to this place but it was just a method of getting you to the hub yeah. and then once you're in the hub this game opens up and there's all these extra quests so I mean it wasn't this you know go over here do this and then do this and then do this and then there's nothing comes from it it's like this is deliver this to the hub and then once you deliver it to the hub this is a whole new quest area and all kinds of new stuff and if you play the game right you can extend the amount of time you have to play and then talk to a whole bunch of people and it was actually one of the places where dialogue choices and speech um, um, your your speech stat would help you get better results or help you intimidate people or if it was zero you came off as a complete idiot in two if you had a intelligence below three your answers were rook 
<laughs> rook question mark or rook exclamation mark. Like that was your extent of, yeah. in, uh, of interaction with people. And then people would extrapolate what your intentions were from there. But you could literally make yourself so stupid you couldn't converse with another player character in two. I don't think that worked in one. One also, was, this was the late 90s. So in one, you could kill the children NPCs in cities and then they took that away in two, and everyone lost their minds. Why can't we kill the children in, 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 in towns? I'm not saying I want to kill them. I just want to be given the option it, to kill them. It, it was one of the first moments of, what are you asking for exactly? <laughs> just, what, are, what are you mad what about? What are you actually angry about? But, I mean, it was bar, one of those. Bar, bar, freedom, bar, bar, bar. It was like you throw a grenade over here, and then one of the kids dies. You're like, oh, shit. And apparently some people went into the hub and were just like, I'm going to murder every last two bipedal machine with my fists. It was, um, yeah, it was a time. But, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed that it, uh, that I missed it. You should put one. it on the list of games you're never going to play. Yeah. Can it, can it, how's the uh, deck usability? I'm sure it's 100% playable. Just like, a matter of this playing at that resolution on a on a portable screen yeah i, I think it's uh, it, i don't know if i've got it installed but if i do i'll fire it up once i get home i'm, I'm pretty sure i installed fallout one and two i've got them on steam yeah. so if they're on steam they're probably scaled kevin's been completely silent in regarding I've his never, gameplay I've, so he never played it i've never played it interesting I, I played like i i don't know i played a couple of follows i don't even remember three probably probably yeah three you was should, a big you deal you should check out one Right. It, it 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 compares. It was a Black Isle type. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I believe it was Black Isle um, who made it for Interplay, mm-hmm. and so I mean it's got that pedigree of yeah. uh, Icewind Dale and of Planescape Torment. They the whole did, the Bioware, yeah, kind of, yeah. Uh, the Infinity Engine type yep. stuff. Um, and it's it's. I don't know. I, I haven't tried it in the deck, but I should. I don't know how it'll work. With the controls. The next deck nook, we'll find out. Um, but, I mean, it is absolutely worth picking up on a sale someplace and uh, and giving a shot because it's, there's so it's much It's funny because today when people think of Fallout, they, they tend to think of um, the fucking guy from 4. There's, there's another settlement that needs you. Like oh, that kind of shit. Um, Preston Garvey? Yeah. Yeah. Like that's the kind of thing that, that – and I know that the dialogues, uh, dialogue options simplify immensely as the as the series has progressed. Mm-hmm. You know, it went from these incredible, incredibly deep dialogue trees to uh, are you going to help or not? Okay, good. You know, just keep it that simple. But, you know, because – the priorities shifted. It was more about building your base instead of exploring the world. So, anyway, I just wanted to. It's the thing is, like, if you remember on the map where the hub is, you could literally leave Vault Thirteen and walk straight to the hub, and they've got logic to, to handle you coming there that that early in the game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's a lot of it is you you, you kind of wander mm-hmm. the vault area right at the beginning until you find Junktown, and then from Junktown you find they'll tell you about other cities, and then they'll mark those on your map, and you can walk to them. It's well, then it's it's where the Pip Boy comes from. Vault Boy gets introduced because he's there with the perks, mm-hmm. um, and the perks were great in the game. There were a lot of very uh, viable perks, perks including Bloody Mess, which I always chose because I love sawing people in half with a laser Gatling gun. Literally, their legs fall forward and their torso falls backwards. Mm-hmm. Um, it it sounds great, but it doesn't sound as good as Followed Shelter. Um, you could also reverse pickpock grenades into people's uh, gear and then have them explode a couple seconds later. Um, it, it's it's a good game. 
It's there's a reason it's my number two, and it's because it's fantastic, and it's it's always somewhere in my mind that combination of the ink spots or Louis Armstrong, mm. um, and this aesthetic and this this darkness and this humor. It, it's all wrapped up in the one ball. Honestly, I'm more curious what your number one is now. The, 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 <laughs> because, because I would have assumed, knowing you, that it would have been a fallout. But, the, you know... The amount of fallout crap that I own, including the, the large... Fat man style nuclear bomb. He brought a nuclear bomb to my apartment once. That has all of the games. I'll remember that now, yeah. (sighs) All right. Good. Good. Yeah, there we go. Fallout, Jamie's number two. All right. I think we're gonna we're I think we may have actually gone over time. That's fine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We 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 may be accommodating such time things in the future. Anyway. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. As always, stay tuned to all the socials. The link tree is in the show notes. Thank you, Jamie. Thank you, Andrew. Shout out, Scarlet. I included a, uh, a link to the intro for Fallout 1, uh, a YouTube video of it in the show notes. Good stuff. All right. Thanks, everybody. We will catch you next time. You have been listening to Pixels and Puppets, the Operation Puppet podcast. Visit www.operationpuppet.com for all our links, tell your friends, give us a rating wherever you get your podcasts, and join us again because nothing is more entertaining than aging nerds giving their opinions on the internet.